For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. As we're preparing to uh, uh, publish this show, we got breaking news. FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried has been found guilty on all charges, including multiple counts of fraud, conspiracy, and money laundering. Oh, that's got it's kind of funny. He's a, a big Democrat donor. And there was also talk about, wasn't he the guy who was like offering Trump, hypothetically, billions of dollars not to run for president? Was that him? Hypothetically, yeah. Hypothetically. So. It was, that was, that was, that was what was going on. It was never right. confirmed, but people yeah. were saying, hey, they, he might have offered, like, how much would you like if, to not run for president? I think yeah. there was a bunch of people that were close to him that actually said that he who was, was, was offering yeah. that or yeah. something. Okay, so this is breaking news right now. Uh, the other story we were planning on leading off with is that uh, a judge in, in uh, con uh, I'm sorry, in Connecticut, overturned a Democrat primary after a video emerged of ballot stuffing. And the interesting thing about this is that it's not a victory. The general election is still happening, and it is presumed that the candidate who should not be the candidate on the ballot is still going to win. So this is, this is a really, really interesting story. We'll talk about that. Plus, the, uh, the invasion in, in Gaza is it's, it's interesting. Um, we had on the show someone talk about the strategy that Israel would take in Gaza if they were to invade, and that would be to bifurcate the Gaza Strip. I think it might have been Max Blumenthal, but this is exactly what Israel is doing right now. So we'll talk about that. We got a bunch of other stories. The uh, the House passed a bill for Israel funding, but no Ukraine funding. And they're saying it's going to be dead in the Senate now because of that. But I think it's hilarious that uh, Ukraine's basically been cut off. Poor Zelensky. Before we get started, my friends, head over to castbrew.com. If you want the best cup of coffee you've ever had, go to castbrew and pick up our re-rise with Roberto Jr. Halloween special limited edition blend. Now, now check this out. This, uh, there's only a few thousand of these, and there will never be any more after this. This is the plan. This is our Halloween edition where you got a chicken foot emerging like a zombie from the earth. Pick it up while you can. Of course, everyone's favorite is Rise with Roberto Jr., but I'm hearing now that people really do like Stand Your Grounds, which is our medium roast. When you buy Cast Brew Coffee, yeah, Serge, that's the best. When you buy Cast Brew Coffee, you're actually helping fund our coffee house project. We are going to be building a bunch of cafes, hopefully soon. One's currently in the works. All of the profits that, are, that we're getting from Cast Brew basically go into the staff and the equipment and building this coffee shop. So if you like the idea of a hangout where you can hang out with people in the real world, support us at Casper.com. But also go to TimCast.com, click join us, become a member to support our work directly, and you'll get access to the uncensored members-only show. We're going to have one of those up for you tonight at 10 p.m., where you as members can call into the show and talk to us and our guests. It's going to be a lot of fun. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about this and a whole lot more is Joshua Smith. Hey, thanks so much for having me again, Tim. I appreciate yeah. it. Who are you? What do you do? Uh, I am currently a candidate for president for the Libertarian Party. Uh, I am the host of Break the Cycle podcast on YouTube every Thursday evening at 730 uh, Central Time. And uh, I am a father of six, uh, was passed National Committee for the Libertarian Party and uh, anti-war activist since 2008. I'm also a uh, anti-communist and counter-revolutionary in case Phil's not here That's tonight. Very original idea. Oh, oh. <laughs> Wait, but what kind of musician are you? A uh, failed musician. Very failed musician. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, should, be, should be a blast. We got Hannah Claire hanging out. Hey, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. You should follow at TimCast News on every social media platform ever. And Ian's here, of course. Hi, everybody. Uh, actor and very successful musician, Ian Crossland, <laughs> coming at you hard. Subscribe to me on YouTube. 
Hi. Uh, I'm Serge.com. Uh, good to have you back, Ian. Thanks. Yeah, most energy. Your hair looks great. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Anyway, all right. Sam Bankman free. Here's 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 the big breaking news. As of 7:51 p.m., CNBC: Sam Bankman Freed found guilty on all seven criminal fraud counts. The month-long trial of Sam Bankman Freed wrapped on Thursday. Uh, I say a jury has found him guilty on all seven criminal uh, criminal counts. The former FTX CEO faces a maximum sentence of 115 years in prison. Bankman Freed, the 31-year-old son, 31-year-old 30, son of two Stanford legal scholars and graduate of MIT, has pleaded. Had pleaded not guilty to charges, including wire fraud, securities fraud, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We get all that stuff. The trial ended, blah, blah, blah. We get it. Okay, all right, all, right. all this, this is just like the, the, the bits and bobs we don't care about. Who was this guy? What was he doing? He was a big Democrat donor. Yeah. And there's a lot of speculation that he was basically using these schemes to help fund Democrat politicians. Yeah, he donated to over 300 uh, political campaigns and directly to the DNC. There's another big conspiracy theory that the money that was going through Ukraine was coming back through him to the DNC. Man. That was the big that was the big conspiracy theory. I don't know if it's been proven yet or not, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. At all. Yeah, there, I can't remember what that was. There was something. Oh man, it's been so long. Yeah. Like we're, we're seriously uh, getting ready for the show. And we're like, oh, look at this big, you know, vote, vote, voter uh, cheating story. Talking and then Israel. Boom. And breaking news. Bankman Freed is is found guilty on all counts. But but it is a fact that uh, he was this big Democrat donor. The money he was making, what was he, he like? He wasn't that well off. And then he started FTX and all of a sudden he skyrocketed in net worth and capital. Billions, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. billions. And then he immediately starts funding a bunch of Democrat politicians. Now, I'll just I'll be nice. I shouldn't be, but I'll be nice. That doesn't implicate any of these politicians, but it certainly shows that the people, at least some of the most powerful people here it is who are funding these politicians are criminals who are using dirty methods of funding these politicians. Right. And then I've got questions about how Act Blue operates. James O'Keefe with the OMG Media Group did a big story about, uh, and this is coming from them, that money from China was flowing through Act Blue. That so I got, surprise like, me I got a lot of questions either. about what uh, what these people are up to. You that know? wouldn't surprise me either. I'd gladly tr trade uh, SBF for for uh, uh, Ross Ulbricht today to the federal prison. We should get Ross out there. He he created an uh, e-commerce website. That, did he, though? Uh, did he actually create it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe. So road. For, for people who don't, yeah. aren't familiar, the uh, he's he's the Dread Pirate Roberts. To, well, they, they yeah, they say that. But he did. He, I mean, he was the creator of, of Silk Road, but he they don't know if he was. There was several Dread Pir Pirate exactly. Roberts, um, but they don't know if he was the one that had to do with the, the murder for hire stuff. They just brought it up in court, dragged him through the mud and then dropped all those charges and then put him in prison for two and so a half this, life sentences. This, this, right. This is the Silk Road. Yep. This is where people were buying and trading a bunch of stuff, whether it was legal or not. And uh, the username was Dread Pirate Roberts. So one of them, yeah, one of them. The argument was he, he makes this or someone made it and they pass it off to someone else True. and they just share this name. You guys have seen The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. Right. The truth is I am not the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yes, yeah, like, exactly. The real Dread Pirate Roberts died years ago. It was really genius. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, the way they, they ran that. But but he said in, in, in prison for two and a half life sentences for an e-commerce website and nothing more, really. I mean, that's basically what it was. Tucker Carlson meant to, uh, went to meet Julian Assange. You see, you see I that? did yeah. see that. I have not watched. I mean, yeah. it, the episode hasn't come out yet. But right. Yeah, I saw that he went to meet with him. But yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if they're filming anything. I don't know if he's able to film in prison. God, I hope they let him. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But either way. I'm curious if y'all think this is a blip, this guy getting caught, getting busted, or I think this may be a component that we've seen of the faltering of the uh, neo, uh, the neo corporate liberal neocon neo lib establishment. It's it's its schemes are failing. I mean, some people like to say since Epstein got taken down, it started to look like it's unraveling. Perhaps I don't know. 
maybe this was their attempt at creating some kind of alternate creepy international funding scheme. No idea. But when you see stories like this, it certainly is a grain of sand, at least in the heap of all of these like surreptitious plans and like shady deals they used to do are getting exposed every day. I mean, you look at the Biden stuff. They're not saying $40,000 went to Joe or something like that. You know, like more money is being found traced to him. You, I, I, I kind of feel good about it. I don't know. What do you think? I, I definitely think that this is just one of many. I don't think this is the only instance like this. And, you know, these people absolutely hate us and, and want us sick and tired and dead, mostly. Um, no, but and, I mean, like, and these are the people that are funding them. I think but, it's probably going to be if the mainstream media can, they'll spin it to be like, this is why you should fear crypto. This is what the issue is. Never trust crypto. Don't look for alternative currency. People who tr push alternative currencies are, you know, scamming you or well, they'll, whatever they'll, else. They'll try to avoid the fact that he was ultimately in the camp of sure. the DNC. And well, that's what I am concerned about. They're only going to break. They're only going to break the altcoins because the Bitcoin community is way too strong. Yeah, but <laughs> what he was doing is running an exchange. Yeah, it was the, an the cryptos exchange, themselves yeah. are legit. Some of them are extremely legit. I believe legit. that, but I think uh, the average American d is not so well versed in, in crypto to understand the, the differences. So we got to get them more well versed. Let's yeah. I think right that's now. great, but the first you are now is. racing the mainstream media who's trying to protect the DNC, right? Yeah. They're going to say, no, no, it's not that he was taking money from Democrats or trying to influence anything political. It's this technology that you're scared of. And I say that as a full-on technophobe, right? If if you are afraid of crypto, you don't really understand the difference between an exchange and the coins and all currency or whatever else. You're going to say, this guy scammed a lot of people and the mainstream media NBC says that I can't trust them. And that's what they want you to believe. They don't want you to make the political connection. Well, then we need to be ready with the counter narrative that that's fine. Just Bitcoin's much they, safer. They can't, right. they can't stop crypto. <laughs> no, they they can't stop crypto because too many people are just sitting there waiting for their get rich quick scheme sure. because they don't quite understand how it works. But uh, I think, you know, when I, when I talk to regular people who don't get it, the only thing the average person I, I like when I talk to regular people, I typically hear first and foremost, do you think it's going to go up? Because everybody remembers when it jumps to like 20k and people got rich overnight everybody remembers when it jumped to 60k and people got rich overnight and everybody is just waiting for that opportunity to jump on the next wave and then it goes back down i mean it went to like 60 and went down to what like 17. yeah but lowest. zoom out it's never actually gone down i mean we've right it's had a pullback it's like but kaboom it's never... spike 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 yeah. and it, well it's because of the way bitcoin operates yep. i think uh, we're due for a halving soon aren't we yeah. I'm not sure. I heard the I heard that yeah. last week. So I mean, schedule about that. I just don't track the schedule. Is it next I, I, April or something, something like that. And and that uh, uh, I'm not going to pretend to know what that means. But a lot of people are like, "Oh boy, get ready," because yeah. basically what this means is the super simple. Not I, I don't run a Bitcoin company, but the super simple version is the amount of energy to produce uh, uh, the amount of energy required per per Bitcoin is going to double. Yeah, and block this, rewards are cut in half basically. And that means if it costs, let's just let's just do dry units, one hundred units of energy to create one bitcoin. After it's cut in half, it's going to be two hundred units right. of energy for one bitcoin. Meaning your costs will double, and you're going to have to charge more. No one's going to want to sell. Like for this reason, that's basically forcing the prices to go up. Not to mention it's it it it, it uh, the attrition of bitcoin itself. Sure. Yeah, specifically in April 2024, the block rewards will decrease from 6.25 to 3.125. Yeah. Did you? What was this? Max Kaiser offered Alex Jones 10,000 bitcoins yeah. last week or whatever. Did you see the twit the Twitter of him going, "We're not selling"? I was like screaming <laughs> on stage. <laughs> We're not selling. Yeah, but I, wait, wait, wait. He, he, he so the, the story is 
Max offered Alex Jones 10,000 Bitcoins, 300 something million dollars right. by t today's standard. And Alex like didn't care and like lost it or something and right. said whatever. And then Max told him, I'll give you another 10,000 if you can answer five Bitcoin questions and Alex couldn't do it. And apparently they were like not complicated questions, but they're questions like basically if you're in Bitcoin, you knew. Right. And uh, he offered him $300 million. <laughs> well, that's not even enough to cover half of his fines, unfortunately. You know? uh, no, but a third. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing. Yeah. Like if he actually gave him the crypto, it'd be gone in two seconds. Yeah, be gone the government the sees it. Yep, uh, by the way, I did a show with Chase Geiser this morning. I uh, love Chase. Yeah. He's a good friend. Uh, Inf Infowars. That's yep. what made me think about it early this morning. Check it out. Um, also, when you're wondering, is crypto going to go up? You also got to ask yourself, is the U.S. dollar going to go down? Yeah, because it's they're inversely proportionate. We really need to be we need, need to get out of this. Like, is it going to go up and down like narrative? And start, I'm not in that. Yeah. We got We got to figure out a way to like uh, pass this this dream of mass adoption, because it's going to be so important if we ever look if, if the, the central banking system ever fails. And it's not about when it's about if I believe that it will eventually. No, you mean it's not about it, if it's when. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's what I meant. I, I mixed that up, but yeah, absolutely. When it when it happens, um, you know, if you're on something that already has a framework worked out, you're gonna feel a lot less blood than the normal person who has no other investments. I could so. see like Amazon, Jeff Bezos, just being like, now you can pay with Bitcoin. I could see something like that. That's happening. That, I mean, that's that's a part of mass adoption, and, and the more people that accept Bitcoin, the 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 closer we get to that mass adoption. The, game, the so. more that people start buying Bitcoin, the more Bitcoin stabilizes, and you stop seeing these these right. these. Uh, the big pullbacks and stuff yeah, like that, when, and people got to start thinking about it as as what it is. It's a it's a you know unit of of money. It's your you know when you can start making purchases of with it. It's it's El Salvador. You know, yeah, and and people in Salvador are doing great things. I mean, the economy's been pretty well off yeah. since they've done. What that gets as me well, though, so. if you look at the entire crypto market, all of them, according to CoinMarketCap.com, the entire market's one point three trillion dollars. Right. That's like nothing yeah. compared to the U S. U S. could print that up and buy it all. It's just a matter of finding it, but like. It doesn't seem stable to me that yeah. it's that little and I it disagree. could be that moved around by the global governments. Why do you disagree? I just I don't think that they will. I don't I think that they want they want full control over the blockchain. Right. And so that's why they're going to push CBDCs, because those they'll have the opportunity to shut down your money on the spot. You know what I mean? They could take if you, you said the wrong thing on the Internet, they could shut down your money. Boom. They want that kind of control. They but, don't have that kind of control. With Bitcoin. I, but they could easily get it. I, dis I disagree. I just don't think they. This I don't think they. I, I don't think that they. Thing. I don't think they care enough about it to do that. I think that they want to find a way to tax it. But there's also other. Yeah. There's other ways to have uh, anonymous Bitcoin exchange as well. You know, level two and and uh, Lightning Network and stuff like that too. It's becoming more anonymous. It's not. It's not becoming more like government friendly as we as time goes on. The so. the issue is once there is, look, it's it's really this simple. New York City says if you accept Bitcoin from our banned list then we are going to fine you $10,000 a day. And we already saw what happened with masks. They will all immediately bend the knee. So you so you can't stop someone from having Bitcoin, sure, but government can stop you from being able to use it. But Miami Absolutely. actually is encouraging they, they, it. And, right. and, and, what they'll, and what they'll do is, if they really want to ban you, they'll, they, they, they will issue a mandate to all terminals at stores, these addresses are on the ban list. And they'll argue, these are terrorists and criminals and if you facilitate through these, so the, the, what will happen then is a smaller level businesses will say, can we get a, can we get something that will instantly add these addresses to our terminals? Because we can't track all this. Then a company will be like, we're terminal safe. Make sure you're not funding terrorism. Upload our government approved, uh, you know, ban list. And you're only banning people who are terrorists. And then. They got right. To. Well, and that's also why we need like government officials that are going to like ban chain analysis and and like, you know, uh, Bitcoin trackers and stuff that the federal government use now. We can get there. The federal government 
will absolutely <clears throat> but the decentralized all... the decentralized revolution is going to eventually find a way around it whether whether it's a new kind of web development or something it's going to come along that will it's, it's continue to, to, to go I, away i feel like people road. make this mistake with a lot of things politics and technology are not as relevant as culture and morals and so uh, when you look at everything in this country that people are complaining about i'm like yeah our culture has completely decayed our, our morals are gone and you've got people who are willing to lie, cheat, and steal to take whatever they want because they don't care. Of course. Not so completely, I'm, I'm, though, but I, I know what you mean. Sorry I'm watching the, I, I want to save a little bit for this, this for later because I was watching some of the trial of the Minnesota uh, Trump hearing on the 14th Amendment. And we know what's going to happen with this. The judges don't care what's right. They care about winning for their ideology. Yeah, they're the, partisan now. I mean, and and so, right, yeah, I'm like, the whole thing is nothing, like, your technology doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, the guy with, the, you, you, uh, unless it's a civil war, New York City, will simply say in a mandate, if you accept from these Bitcoin addresses, we will fine you $10,000. And every business will drop to their knees and beg, daddy government, please make it easy for us to not accidentally give facilitate these transactions. But if you did that, you could send, the person could send their Bitcoin from that address to a different address. And, and then all they have to do <laughs> is say, any, any Bitcoin that transfers from this address to the next is now non persona non grata it's and like, then you're going to be like dude are you on the list i don't don't, don't screw my bitcoin bro i can't trade with you, you yeah, bro, that bro, would be like shooting you yourself in the foot if, if, a, if an economy did that to themselves they'd be like they'd be in the dust they are trying to push for stuff like that currently they they it's a le I, legit i, I guarantee you right in a new push by today's it. standards with ai and machine learning they can easily create algorithms tracking active blockchain transactions they know who you are they know what you're buying and even if you create a new wallet, they will know because they're spying on your phone when they're going to know if the addresses are being operated from the same device, where it's being, where the transactions are. They're going to know it's you. Yeah, but you can get around that, too. You can get around the device stuff. You can use Tor and all kinds of you are not too. going to be able to beat an AI. <clears throat> mm. You will. You, you are not going to walk into a McDonald's and be like, <laughs> my burner phone's going to beat the AI. It's going to bam. And you're going to go, what? Why isn't it working? I just bought a burner phone and put money because they track. They're tracking you. Put your phone in the freezer, put it under running water, ditch it. There, there, there's cameras everywhere. I mean, you look at these Amazon stores. My, my, my point is, it is possible that we we find a way to overcome this. My, my, I'm, I'm just saying. Well, they're actively working on ways to overcome it now. I mean, that's, I, I, you know, the Lightning Network was part of that. So There needs to be a cultural shift in what we are willing to accept and tolerate right now because humans absolutely, Americans especially, tolerate being spied on. And we're, we are walking, we are zombie walking into social credit scores. Sure. Yeah. I don't disagree with you at all. I, I, I absolutely 100% think that America think, is headed towards social credit And I scores. think they're going to market it to something yeah. that's good for you, right? It's convenient. I think about that. There's this girl on Instagram, Chip Girl, and she's got like whatever in her hand and she can pay for stuff. And this is her whole social media influencer. You know, I'm sure she talks about other things, but the fact that she is chipped is a big deal and it becomes glamorous right she's but also constantly showing off her luxury will, goods it's going to be part of the cbdc's though is what it's going to it's, it's all going to come down shipping to that shipping is not not going to be a thing at least for now and the reason is rejection no. so uh, when when you put a chip under your skin they can mm -hmm. reject it yeah. yeah people can reject it and so that's not foolproof some people mm -hmm. will be fine some people will not be fine uh it'll be the, part of your cbdc wallet what i mean is, is that what, I, what I mean that's what they do I in china now they'll market social credit store as like well it's so convenient for you yeah. look it's easier it's I, faster to do things i think people won't see it coming because it'll be misrepresented to them for what it is right sure sure my my, my theory is that what happens is, is we're going to have a financial crisis 
we're going to have a banking collapse, maybe only a 20% of the U.S. banks collapse. That's a huge percentage. It is. <laughs> it's a huge it is, percentage, but it's, yeah. but it's not 100. It's no. not 30. It's, it's going to be at least 20 for sure. 20%. No doubt. And then what happens? Let's say you're, uh, give me a, give me a bank. It's not too big, but big enough. Oof, I mean, I don't know. It's tough, right? I mean, yeah. uh, let's do, we're, we're out here. We They're got, so uh, what do we got? Uh, PNC. PNC, sure. PNC. Yeah, I see that. I see them in PA a little bit smaller, but they're still kind of big. A bank like that fails. And then what happens is everybody who's got this account says my business, the payroll for my employees, right? Look, my, my business, we had 500,000 in the account. We, I got to pay my weight, my, my server staff. I got to buy new pizza rolls. What am I going to do? My bank account's gone. Federal government immediately snaps their fingers. Within a couple days, they say, we are bailing out the American people. This is not about big business. This bank went under. We're mad, but we are going to ensure all of the money for all of these people, 100%, not up to 250000 like FDIC says. We're going to ensure all of it. Rest assured, small business, you will pay your employees tomorrow. Simply download CBDC app right, at googleplay.com exactly, exactly. and download FedDollar. Oh, God. And they're going to say, in order to get access to your account, input your social security number, your account number, and your information into the into CBDC app, and you will get the U.S. dollar equivalent of FedCoin. I'll tell you right now, if, if, if CBDCs had already been a thing during the COVID crisis, the, packs, the passports would have been a thing. Let me slow down for everybody. Central bank digital currency. Yes, correct. Because I know a lot of people are like, yeah. CBDC, we're, we're going yeah. too fast. You're in the yeah. jargon now. Central bank okay. digital currency. The idea is Bitcoin is decentralized. And everything I explained about how they'll try to take it over is what they'll have to try to do. If the federal uh, government or the Fed can launch a central bank digital currency like FedCoin, they will have instant access and control to everything. And then you get social credit scores. But they don't need to tell you they're rolling out social credit scores. They will just exist. Yeah. You'll get a notification on your app and it will be like, we're concerned about some activity on your on, on your external profiles. They've already introduced the idea of off-platform behavior. All your healthcare stuff's going to be on there too. I mean, that's oh yeah, that's the scary part. I but mean, look, look. You'll people, have no more privacy. It just sounds people like they're get, setting up for a black market <clears throat> if they try and do stuff like that. People get pissed off. They don't want a pissed off population but, but, right the, now. But, but a black market doesn't matter, okay? Like, you know, Seamus makes this point about abortion. When the left says, yeah, but if you ban abortion, there'll be black market abortions. And he goes, right. And most of it will still be illegal. And that will stop most of it. Great. There's always going to be illegal activity. That's, that's that, right? So the, 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 the concerning thing, I suppose, you're going to have this app. And we've already seen on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, you can be banned for what they call off-platform behavior. Right. Yep. The CBDC app is going to have terms and conditions. And it's going to say, you agree that if you use this app, you can't do these things. And the people who are in a crisis whose bank accounts have been, you know, have collapsed and are gone, they're going to sign anything. Yeah. Oh, what do you do? They erased your business overnight. Oh, no. And it's no one's fault. The bank just failed. Do you remember PayPal trying to do that? Trying to find people for off-platform oh, yeah. yep. behavior? For yes. It's they try to find them. And this is, these are all well, trial Well, instead, they just ban people who do stuff they right. don't like. They, 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 they have this provision on PayPal. It's $2,500 for like some kind of hate speech provision, they will fine you. They'll fine you. For saying naughty words. Not just not just like not take your money. I mean, they will fine you. They will give you a fine. If you have no money in your PayPal, you will be negative $2,500. Here's a, here, here, so the crisis scenario is scary, but how about the tax benefit scenario where they say we're rolling out a, 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 a federal banking app. They're going to say something like these predatory uh, lending companies and banks are, are charging an arm and a leg. Why is it? That if you're poor, the bank charges you money. 
You look at your bank account, you've only got 25 bucks. The next day you look at negative 15, they charged you, they, ch they charged you for that because you didn't have enough in your account. Now you're negative. Now you owe them money. But if you're rich, they pay you. That is unfair. The post office will be opening holdings accounts for all. <laughs> yes, right. For all Americans, yeah. download the post office app. It is a no fee bank bank account for you, the American people, with interest rates. No more overdraft charges. Now you've got a federal government banking system. You download the app. You agree to their terms of service. Don't say naughty words. Then they're monitoring every single transaction yep. you make, every single thing you buy. Let's 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 jump to the story from. Uh, uh, we'll we'll get, jump into the news here as we're talking about you know Sam Bankman Freed and uh, political corruption. This is a big story that's been uh, that broke yesterday. Connecticut judge overturns results of mayoral primary just days before election. Why? Because they got evidence on camera of a Democrat ballot stuffing. Wednesday's ruling is the latest twist in an election centering on allegations of absentee ballot abuse. The election captured widespread public attention after a video surfaced online appearing to show a supporter of incumbent Mayor Joe Gannam stuffing stacks of papers into an absentee Jeez. ballot drop box. I, I wonder if uh, I think we have the uh, there's a video of it. Yeah, there's a video. Yeah. So uh, this is an image. These are the people that govern you, by the way. In case you know, these wondering. news outlets, are like, they really do not want to play the video. You got to get the video on Twitter. I'll pull it up in a second. But uh, here's what's interesting. They're not stopping the election. No. This guy won the primary. They've now overturned the primary. doesn't matter. He's still on the ballots. The general election is about to happen. It's presumed he's going to win. And they, they speculate that when he does, this will end any challenge to the primary. Well, with electioneering like that, how could you lose? You know, it's just crazy. I suppose the answer is you can't. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the game, boys. That's what they do. They want. Sorry. Andrew. I just I just think about like every time they're like, this doesn't happen. This is something that Republicans oh, yeah. made up yeah. because they're they're just crazy. They're sad they lost or whatever else. And then there's this video of this woman doing exactly a thing that people fear and believe happens in their elections. Well, my favorite narrative is like everyone when Joe Biden got elected and everyone's like, oh, it was totally above board. That stuff never happens. And I'm like, you're the same people that were doing this when Trump won, when Bush won. You were talking, everyone was talking about the voting machines when Bush won. I mean, you've been doing this for, for decades and now all of a sudden they're above board entirely. There's no election interference. All right, I found the video. It's not even easy to find this video. Here you go. Here's the video that uh, allegedly is of a Democrat ballot stuffing. Who is she? Um... I will pull up the name from the article in a second. There, and they have several videos of her doing it. Yeah. By the way. It's not and that, just and that, one. Right, right. This is a minute and 53 seconds long. Yeah. So uh, let's jump. Oh, they said that she came back several times. Yep. Drop number well, two. And how many ballot boxes are they? Well, how many ballot boxes are they? What's her, what's her name? They got, they got her name in here, too, I think. Here she goes again. This is uh, Wanda. Wanda. That's all we get, I guess. Mm, I think we should say her full all name right. so people know. So here's the here's the crazy thing. Let me see if it's uh, in this article. Is it? Uh, uh, they don't have it. No, they don't have her name in the article. That's uh, here, here's here's the thing people need to understand. When Donald Trump and his supporters were suing over stories like this, it is a lie that they were all thrown out. Right. Of the uh, major, I think the majority of the cases were were uh, thrown out on standing arguing the individuals who filed the suits did not have a they, they were not affected in this case therefore they had no yeah, had legal nothing right to do to with the with the contents of the law which is insane yeah. Yeah. any voter anyone any citizen in this country has has standing in my opinion of the, the the cases i think there were 30 that were ruled on the merits 22 were found to be uh, in favor of trump however 
because in each of these individual cases, either the number of ballots or some other issues, uh, for instance, one example is the number of ballots did not equal a large enough number to have changed the election. It was ruled moot. Right. It doesn't matter if we win for you anyway, because you still lost the election. But Here's it doesn't the mean there was no electioneering going on. There was yeah. certainly fraud. Yeah. Bill Barr said there was fraud. The question is, was there enough to overturn the election? Right. The courts courts said, look, yes, you found 300 ballots in fraud, but there's a 7,000 margin here. So what's the point of this? Because these courts do not take action on those, it keeps happening. And then what happens when you get 15 judges in one state and you get 15 instances where it's 100 votes or I'll say 1,000 and the margin 7,000. And now there's 15,000 fraudulent ballots confirmed by courts. But because each individual judge looks at one small individual individual case, they dismiss all of them. Right. I don't I don't think that is the the case for the most part. And when it came to Trump, my point is on a granular granular level, we can see directly local elections are easily, easily flipped with one person doing something like this. And this is Democrat v. Democrat. This was a Democratic primary in a blue state, and they are still stuffing boxes. It's the only reason we're hearing about it. I know, but that's what's interesting. This is the thing that when it happens, when when conservatives or Republicans or third-party candidates say, hey, we were in some ways, uh, there was fraud in our elections, it's typically left-leaning candidates and left-leaning supporters who are like, no, it never happens, but it happens in their own primaries. How can they argue against it? I promise you it's not the third parties doing it, so... I just want everyone to know. <laughs> everyone, everyone knows the libertarians are the ones secretly rigging the election yeah, for Democrats. Yeah, we're the ones rigging yeah, for, for absolutely. Democrats. Yeah, absolutely. We're rigging it for the Democrats. Well, and the funny thing is, is like the Democrats should be just as worried about it, not just because it's happening in their own primary, but because maybe Republicans in small towns are doing you it know, too, you know? Oh, for sure. Like everybody they should do. be worried about this. There's no no chance that this is a, a isolated event. We know that. And like everyone should wake up and be worried my, about uh, these things. One of my favorite things in elections every four years You'll get conservatives being like, if these libertarians just voted for the Republican Party, then we would have won. And I'm like, my guy, the libertarians don't like you. Yeah, we don't like you at all. (laughs) Libertarians are like, if Republicans just voted for us, we would just win. Yeah, if you guys would just stop voting for this like deeply entrenched, corrupt party that you'd have a better chance of changing the NYPD by yourself than you would of getting like, you know, 700 people together and trying to change the Republican Party at a federal level, at least. The Republicans of state and local can do stuff. Like my governor in Iowa has been great on a lot of things, you know. But like this, this, you know, there's a lot of little small like positions that the libertarians can win and do win. We win 200 uh, election cycle or something like that. Do um, you feel like the libertarian party focuses not enough on the small? I've heard this argued before that it often is like trying to be at the top of the ticket when really they should focus on capturing key positions. In our key biggest states. problems is re- is resources. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the national, the national party runs on like $1.7 million a year. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't help a, a presidential candidate almost at all. Presidential candidates taxed with keeping us ballot access, um, raising all their own funds, all that stuff. But we do run a lot of down ballot candidates, and I think in 2022 with the Mises Caucus takeover, that became the bigger focus was the localization, nullification of you know federal law at the state and local level, and that's the really important thing that that any like presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party should be doing this media tour talking about how hey you can take over your local guns, mm-hmm. you can take over your school board, you know all these terrible policies that the schools are doing. You have the opportunity to, to run if you got a Tuesday and a Wednesday free every week, you can go run for school board. You know, it's it's not that hard. And you should. And you should. Yes. Even in West Virginia, woke people are masquerading as Trump supporters to get elected. Of course. And then introduce weird crackpot adult content to kids. 
Yeah, you should be running. Yep. You should be running. If you have if you have two weeknights uh, uh, free a month or something, I mean, you could really run for some of these small positions in small towns and so, change everything. So where do you see the most libertarian activity in the U.S.? Like, I always think New Hampshire. I've, I've interviewed a couple libertarians from North Carolina in the past. Well, I can tell you the most registered uh, libertarian voters per capita is Nebraska. Um, but that's because New Hampshire, like when they did the Free State Project, they all registered as Republicans and Democrats to mm -hmm. take over those positions as Republicans and Democrats. So um, that's changing now in New Hampshire. Of course, a lot more people are joining the Libertarian Party there. But you know, the what Libertarian in Nebraska, they they just have uh, they're a pretty Libertarian state. I don't know. We're we're in Iowa. We're not far behind them in Iowa as well. But we're in, uh, Libertarian Party is a national major political party in Iowa because of our gubernatorial candidate who ran in the last election. He got a high enough percentage, made us, we don't oh, have wow. to worry about ballot access or anything mm -hmm. like that anymore. But now we need a presidential candidate that can step up and do those things so that what we do don't have to worry about it anymore. You need like 5%, right? It's There's there's some speculation it might be a little bit higher, closer to 12%, but um, it, every state's different is the thing, right? Like every state has a different threshold. So there's like half the state, over half the states, if we were to get 5%, we'd never have to worry about ballot access again, at least not for another four years. So um, it's an important, it's an important thing. You know, if you're in a swing state and you're not worried about your candidate losing there throw throw a vote at us let us let's get seven seven to twelve percent <laughs> you have to register as a libertarian in some states some states are all states are different they all have different election laws so it just really depends yeah so what do you expect going into this cycle i mean where are you expecting to spend the most time it's going to be an, it's going to be an interesting cycle with rfk running for sure but he, there's a chance the, you know everyone's really worried about rfk but there's a chance he doesn't get on the ballot Right. He's running independent. It's going to cost him millions and millions and millions of dollars to get on the ballot in all 50 states. He may get on in a few states, but I don't think he's going to be on the ballot in every state. So it's going to it's not it's not as big of a deal as some people are making it out to be. But um, we're focusing on 50 states. I mean, that's that's the thing. We want as many votes in the popular vote as possible all the way across the country so that we can hit like at least a 5%. And, or maybe we do well enough in the media and we get that 15% in some of the big polls and we can get on the debate stage because that's really what we want. If we can look Donald Trump and Joe Biden in the eyes and tell them how bad their policies are hurting the middle class in America, like that's what we want to do, mm -hmm. you know, because that's what really what this is all about. So that's that's the focus for me, at, at least my campaign, all so 50 states. No foreign wars? No foreign wars. Uh, you know, try to dismantle the Federal Reserve as much as possible. Of course, take down as many of these federal agencies as we possibly can. Um, and, and Vivek is right about this. I mean, we, we can't, as a president, you don't have the power to go out there and abolish all these federal agencies, but you can lay off 70% of the workforce. Or just relocate them to Unalaska. Well, like, you, can, you can get rid of 70% and then take the last 30% and relocate them to maintenance departments and mail rooms at little precincts around the country. And then, you know, maybe we get the FBI small enough to where they stop focusing on trying to infiltrate Catholic groups and go after... Uh, you know, uh, Mexican drug soccer moms at school board meetings to call them. You know, I'm telling you, I, I, got a, I got a plan to revitalize this country. And it's easy. How many how many federal uh, mm. uh, employees are there? Do you know? Oh, a, a lot. I don't know. It's, it's wanna, one of the biggest jobs programs in the world. Oh, I know yeah. That, yeah, yeah. So. Now I got an idea. All right. We'll start with the FBI. How many FBI agents do we got? Mm, I don't know. I'll look it up. To yeah, let's pull up. Let's pull those numbers. You got the uh, FBI, ATF. I, you want to abolish the IRS, right? Cool. Well, Absolutely. I mean, as much as possible. Yeah, right, the absolutely. first one, the first one. No, no, I, don't worry, I got a plan. Uh, how many How many do we got, Anna Claire? I haven't found it yet. I'll tell you in a second. Enough to infiltrate Catholic groups. No, well, look, look, look. Let's just, <laughs> They're let's, saying they apply uh, 35,000 people, but I feel like it's got to be FBI? Yeah, it's yeah. got probably more than Here's that. what you do. You don't got to fire them all. You don't got to fire them. What you do is you take 1,000, you, you, you get 35 units of 1,000, and you relocate them into rural nowhere places like central alaska and i'll tell you why 
because then federal those federal dollars will go towards creating cities where it will require the development of industry. Right. Sure. You'll create you, you, not only are you going to force people to live in areas you're basically colonizing our own country. So, you know, we, we got a bunch of stuff in Alaska. We should go up there and, and, and re source our own resources. Stop worrying on China. You've never Here's, been you've never been to Alaska in the winter, have you? Well, I don't care. <laughs> I, this is great. They can quit if they There's want. There's a reason why people don't live there, Tim. But before you fire them, you say, we're going to give you, you know, like four more years of employment, but it's going to be in Alaska. Sure. Have a nice day. And then when they're there, there's gonna, you're going to have to build housing. You're going to have to build infrastructure. Then what happens is these people, they need to eat, right? So someone's going to open a store. Someone's going to open a mm -hmm. restaurant. Then when you have workers there, you have the opportunity to colonize our own country instead of seeing our cities die. How about this? I was looking at this city, Renovo, Pennsylvania, and I was like, this is a really cool town, but it's dying. It was a railway town. And uh, like, I think like a thousand people live there. Just send, send, send 500 FBI agents. You got to live there now. You're stationed here. And then all of a sudden you're revitalizing that town and giving these people their jobs back. You see what, you see what I'm saying? And then after four years, you fire them. There's a... <laughs> There's do we have to give them the full four years, Tim? Can we do like them, maybe years. one? But here's, here's my point. Here's my point. You're basically using them sure. as a means to help middle Americans revitalize their towns sure. and create some kind of like revitalization for these areas that need industry. And then you get rid of them. Yeah, there but we're simply not going to have the funding for that. There were 2.87 million federal civilian employees in 2022. Wow. Two point, so, how, how many? 2.8. <sighs> They're like soft gulags. It's a giant. Well, and then and you got to add to that. Okay, so that's a huge jobs program, right? Probably one of yeah, the biggest jobs sure. programs in the world. But then you got to add to that all the government contracts for people who get government contracts. Mm -hmm. That's the very largest employer in the history of the world, maybe ever, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's really wild to think about. I mean, there is a reason that as the federal government grew, you saw expansion in Maryland and course, Northern Virginia, right? Because other businesses came there. So to Tim's point, if we were to say, you know, what, what was it? Uh, the Department of the Interior, they moved it to Colorado under Trump and then under Biden, they were like, no, no, we're going back to DC. We don't want to be here. But theoretically, if you were to station these federal outposts somewhere else, eventually shut it down or whatever else, you're making these contractors who want these contracts or want anything else go where they are. They're not just centralized yeah. in DC. It's so crazy to think about the, these these government contracts because like basically if you're making a lot of money in America right now, it's probably through a government contract. This is the, the most, the biggest employer in the world. And they put to that EO, Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Biden put the EO back that said that all these uh, government contracts have to have a DEI program. Then you guys know about that. No. So like if you're if you have a government contract with the federal government, your company has to have a DEI department. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. Trump had ended the EO yep. and Biden brought it right back. Yep. And so like when we talk about DEI and ESG and stuff in America right now, like that's where it's all stemming from is from the federal government. They're literally pushing this on everyone. Let's uh, let's jump to this story. We got some post millennial. Tucker Carlson says RFK Jr. will pull votes from Trump, not Biden. There's no person who's thinking I'm going to vote for either Joe Biden or Bobby Kennedy. And Tucker is wrong. Yeah, he's definitely he wrong. Is absolutely wrong on this. I think this is more of a passive statement he made speaking on a podcast because it does not seem like he actually looked at the data or had real conversations. I think Ian's a good example because Ian's talked about how his mom is a big fan of the Kennedys. Yeah. Yeah. She loved uh, Bobby. But, and she would never vote for Trump. No, I don't think so. So this Maybe is if she met him. This is a, perhaps this is a very simple piece of math. It's probability. Let's say uh, your mom's probability of voting for Biden is 80 percent and voting for Kennedy is 20 percent and voting for Trump is zero percent. That's the kind of math where if you have enough of those people, it can only pull from from Joe Biden. 
it can never pull from Trump. I remember when uh, Robert Kennedy announced he was going to, Robert Kennedy Jr. announced he was going to run for president. Within like three days, they slandered him or smeared him with anti-vax on the news. Yeah. And I had called my mother like right away and I was like, hey, watch out for this anti-vax crap they're going to start calling him now that he announced. And she's like, yeah, but I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about it. I'm like, dude, two years ago, she was saying how much she loves Robert Kennedy Jr. And it's like the news started to get to her right away. So there might be something there where they're they're tainting people's opinion of the guy. Yep. He's gonna pull. I mean, he's gonna pull from both of the the big parties. I, I believe one hundred percent. Yeah, but it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be sixty five from Democrats and thirty from Republicans. Yeah. If if that, I I just gotta say, man, I've not met a single person who said I, who's who 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 will say publicly I'm voting for Trump. Who has now been like, well, I'm gonna vote for Arkane instead. Well, oh, you go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say there was um a poll done in New Hampshire a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month, and it was asking people, you know, who you're voting for, whatever else. We saw that Chris Christie was intensely unpopular there, but. Uh, when they asked about RFK, he did have really high support from Republicans, but none of the Republicans planned to vote for him and none of them planned to vote for them, vote for him if their first choice candidate left. Right. Sure. It doesn't change the fact they like him. Republicans are excited that he's in the race, but ultimately his support is still among Democrats. And we saw that when he announced his independent bid, it still leaned left in the language. I believe that if R RFK and this is a wild conspiracy theory, that's not going to come true. It's this theoretical. But if RFK was to drop entirely and start trying to run as donald trump's vice president i think that that he could get that i believe that we talked about that I, last I, night too rfk jr is pro reparations pro gun control eco fascism i don't yeah i, I, I don't. mean he's big he's big time we, yeah. we've talked about trump rfk in the past but this was only in the context of the the covid response as a means of helping correct the image of trump's failures on it but now RFK's pivoted in recently much more heavily, especially with reparations. And as an, on his uh, at his announcement, he said it's Indigenous Peoples Day. It was Columbus Day, mm -hmm. but yeah. right, right. He he's he's jumped off. Well, he he's also talked about government-backed bonds to save the housing market. I mean, this guy's just like a, he's a run-of-the-mill progressive that's good on healthcare and the deep right. state. I, I mean, mean, really, that's Trump it. might so, make so it's him only like Democrats. give him a captain. He might be like in charge of the EPA or something, right? If he really wanted to be right. like, no, I know you guys like him. It's exciting, but I don't see him. I saw it being floated him. around Attorney General too. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I mean, I think it's just not a close enough bond. I'm sure there's probably some sort of respect there for, you know, whatever cordial reason. But I don't think that there is a close enough uh, camaraderie between the two of them. And also, I think Trump's going to be really careful about who he picks for his VP because look at what happened with Mike Pence. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, he picked someone who he thought was neutral and that ultimately ended very badly. Yeah. He's only going to be a four year president if he's elected. And that's uh, he needs someone who's really going to back him. The, the fly was a better VP than Mike Pence for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, Pence was such a did you guys see the Did you guys see the poll on Twitter that was Chris Christie or a, a hoagie sandwich and the hoagie sandwich beat him like sixty nine percent? I'm hungry. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was. I'm hungry. I'll take the hoagie. Yeah. There was like there was like thirty thousand votes on there, and and the hoagie beat him like seven, almost seventy percent. Christie would be a good interview because Christie is the most. Pathetic you might end up seeing him guy. sit across from you, so be careful. Whatever you I say, say it to his face. He so. keeps doing this Donald Duck thing. Oh, it's and, terrible. Uh, yeah, Shoot. dude, it is the cringiest yeah. thing because he's so excited when he says it on the debate stage. He's like, Donald Duck. <laughs> and then everyone's like, you're an idiot. Yeah. He wants to be Donald Trump so bad. Like, he really does. He wants to be able to insult people like that, and he's just not quick enough. It's because he's but here's, too here, overweight, I'm sorry, man. man. If he, he was overweight. thin and healthy, he would have a way better chance sure. that a lot more people if would like him. If he was thin you know, and healthy, he wouldn't be funnier. If Donald, if Donald Trump was in a one-on-one -on -one debate with Christie, and Christie was like, this guy, Donald, keeps ducking all these questions. He's Donald Duck. <laughs> Trump would go, 
you're fat, <laughs> and that's it. And everyone would go roaring. Take care of yourself. That's all it would take. That's it. That's all it would take. Absolutely, one hundred percent. That's all he would say. Because Trump has no, he has no filter at all. <laughs> I can Zero hear you filter. breathing in the microphone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. He'd say something like that. He'd, he'd, he'd make that face and go, <laughs> Lord over here, can you hear him breathing? And then everyone just busts out laughing and he's done. Yep. Yep. Donald Duck is not funny. It's not clever. It's stupid. Yeah. And Trump would just do the most crass bottom of the barrel. Yeah. And you're fat. Yeah. And it, then everyone would just start roaring with laughter. Like that's all it would take. The, I've, I have seen Trump rallies. I have seen that man speak. He's a stand up comedian. The shut up silly woman thing is <laughs> oh, yes. all over the internet still to this <laughs> no, day. That you'd be shut in jail. Up. One. Yeah. Silly woman. Shut up. Silly woman. Yeah, that's, that's all so over. Good. That's all over the internet. Was Still, that to Hillary? Did he said that to Hillary. No, it was he was a, he was at a rally and he was, was telling a, a story. Yeah, it was a rally. Oh. Yeah, I, 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 if you've not seen a rally, this is what I hear from people. They're like, I wasn't a big Trump fan, and I decided to go to his rally, and now I'm a Trump fan. I'm like, because the guy, you're going to a comedy routine, yeah. man. He's doing what John Stewart basically did back in the day. He's up there and he's saying, he, I'll give you the formula. It's like. You got problem. I know about problem. I'm going to insult the people who make problem. And everyone starts cheering for it. I kind of like, and he does it well. Watching old Trump videos because his personality, like you see who he was when he was young. You see who he is now. I think it's a lot. You get a better, like more well-rounded idea of who he is. Sure. Super cool. Shane Gillis can literally go up on stage and impersonate Donald Trump verbatim. And the whole crowd dies laughing. And he's just saying what Trump said. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Verbatim. Right. And, and Shane Gillis, like one of the, best stand-up comedians in the world right now yeah. so I, I i tell you like the key to getting your your friends and family to go over the line on like i don't know about trump I, they complain about him oh whatever just come with me and see what he says True. and they're gonna leave feeling great well, i don't right? want you to vote for trump though so oh i know I, you don't <laughs> but i'm saying for people like when when you actually see the guy it's the entertainment value sure. that he's making you have a good time Yep. This is like a kind of this is a little bit of an off off tangent metaphor, but like the whole mean tweets thing. They're like instead of a guy with mean tweets, I'd rather have a warmonger. Right. It's kind of like on YouTube, we can talk about death and destruction and and that, but we can't say the f word. Right. I mean, you can obviously say it, but like what the f words like the mean tweets of the internet censorship. Like, yo, bro, I'm not I'm sure what f word you're talking about. There's a lot of funny ones. Fanny. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Australians. <laughs> Anyway, that was, we say that the was F word on, on Break the Cycle all the time. So I love I mean, it. You were saying before we started the show that charisma is one of the deciding factors. In, it's very important. In you can't be a presidential time. candidate without charisma. It's a giant popularity wit. contest. It is the you need most wit. important yeah. thing. Trump, like, uh, how, would you, how would you define wit? Right, like, what's what's like the colloquial? It's just a quick. It's a quick brain. I mean, it's really right. what it is. Highly it's, it's quick enough. To, it's a quick enough to quip with people. I mean, and back that's and the forth. Thing. You, you know? don't need to be super intelligent and articulate. Mm -hmm. You need only be quick with it. So like the point I was making with Chris Christie being like Donald Duck and then Trump going, I can hear Fatso over here breathing in the microphone. And it's it's not the smartest time. thing in the world, but it it's 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 a verbal. He knows, he knows how and when to say exactly. things. Exactly. It's timing. Quick witted. It's a timing thing. Mm -hmm. It's Which a timing issue. I think it's intelligence. It requires like at least sixteen intelligence. The thing the thing <laughs> <laughs> the thing about on a maximum of what? The thing about politics. 18, the thing about eighteen is maximum human potential, and then you become superhuman above that. No, sorry to interrupt. No, I no, it's fine. I was interrupting Just you. Clarifying. I was literally interrupting you. No, I, I. So the the thing is, is like in politics, you only have to have like a minor understanding of most issues, and then be charismatic enough to talk about those exactly. issues. Exactly, because the the vast majority of the American public has no idea what these this, issues mean, anyways, at all. This Maybe is the Aleppo moment. In, in, this is the Aleppo moment in a nutshell. Yeah, 
when uh, Gary Johnson was asked about Aleppo and he goes, and what is Aleppo? Mm -hmm. It's just charisma one. Right. And then everyone, all anyone saw was this guy doesn't know anything about what he's about what's going on. It, he could have he could have said he could have he could have made up nonsense. Yeah. He could have said, well, you know, the economic standard with Aleppo is 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 troubling to me, to be completely honest. But we're gonna we're gonna get a policy in place in Washington. It's gonna solve that problem. They go, wait, what? Yeah. But the average person would be like, oh, okay. Yeah. They would have no idea because yeah. they just need to have an answer. The other yeah. part about that a, is that it's a city it, in Syria. By the way. It yeah. makes him <laughs> seem like he's not yeah. surrounded by people who are saying these are the most important issues because we all know a president gets you know an intense number of briefs sure. and theoretically they're surrounded by experts on each. Well, the biggest the biggest problem with libertarians literally this is the biggest problem is we are all extremely well read at libertarian philosophy we've read murray rothbard and f.a hayek and mises and all these great economists and austrian econo economists and philosophers and just everything you could possibly imagine henry hazlitt and blah 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 blah. and then you want to go out and you want to lecture this to people mm -hmm. and no one cares literally no one cares they want to hear about how you're going to make their cash prices go down yeah. that's what they care about i just wanted to clarify too because i i wasn't sure on that it's not the capital. Is it not the capital? It's well, the capital. I, the I had my own Lepo moment. It's right. Damascus. That's right. I thought it was Damascus, but yep. you said that. I was like, yep. let me double check before yeah, I. You're right. It's I, Damascus. One thing the libertarians, a problem they have too, I think, is that they're not like obsessed with global military. Like no. you got to be, in order to be a great commander in chief of our military, you got to understand like, how are we going to dominate and annihilate everything on earth so we don't have to? No, but we're not going to do that. That's, that's, that's we're not going, but you have to know how yeah. so that you don't. Sure. So you know how not to. We'd be much, we'd be a much safer nation if our, you know, two thirds of our military wasn't stationed around the world. Because if, sure. if, the, no if the president the doesn't border, understand though. it, if the president's yeah, the not a military expert, yeah. then someone else in, is going to run the military. Sure. The thing is, they just have to know enough about it and have. The, the, the reality is whoever is the president may be really well versed on a couple issues, right? They might have, let's say, five that they know backwards forwards they know everything about but realistically they're going to need a staff that is able staff. to yeah, yeah that that relies on expertise and is able to brief them quickly and so that's why you know when gary johnson gets the aleppo question wrong it means he did not have anyone around him to say this is a current issue that you should know about and that's one of the problems going forward i mean this was a criticism people had of trump when he was in the white house was that the people he surrounded himself with did not look out for his best interest and we were not guiding him in the right direction. It's unrealistic to expect a president to know absolutely everything. Yeah, but right? a lot of that was his fault too because he, he was, was going to drain the swamp and then he surrounded himself with the swamp. I'm I not mean, saying it wasn't, really but monster. ultimately yeah. this is a problem that could be true for a libertarian sure. president, it could be true for a Democrat president. It, it is not actually the person on stage who knows everything. It's the people they're surrounding themselves with. Yeah, yeah, the president does have generals, but the commander must know military doctrine or at least rapidly learn it. Upon but under that, in that logic, we would only want people who had served in the military to be presidents, which could be true in some eras, right? But theoretically, right now, I mean, as far as I know, Joe Biden didn't serve in the military. Maybe he'll tell us something different. Uh, Trump went to military boarding school, right? But he didn't actually serve in the military. So theoretically, both of these Bones people person. have the... Yeah, what? That's yeah, right. Yeah. When was the last time we had a military commander, like a mili ex-military guy or woman guy? George Bush. Was it George Bush? Is he in the military? Yeah. The, first, the, older, the dad. You mean H.W.? Weren't they both in the military? They were both. Yeah, in the but military. but W. wasn't wasn't his story that he didn't go to Vietnam or something? Something like that. But he was I in the military. Know. I mean, was sure. it? How far back are we going? He's in the Air did, Force. Did I think. Clinton serve in the military? Not that no. I know of. No, Clinton so, was in the military. Yeah. We have to work backwards. Anyway. Reagan was a movie star. Reagan oh, was John F. Kennedy. Kennedy would definitely Kennedy was in the Navy, I think, deal. in uh, Vietnam. Yeah. 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 And he received, I think was he like, he wasn't Pearl Harbor, but he received like some very serious award badass. for saving people. Yeah, uh, literally. He like <laughs> saved a bunch of dudes off of what, a sinking ship or some crazy story. That would wow. be a great story to George pull George W. Bush served point. in the Navy during World War II. <clears throat> George Bush. George H.W. Bush okay. served in the Navy. Wow. Well, let's jump to the story from the AP. Ladies and gentlemen, you may not be aware 
Donald Trump is facing uh, eligibility questions for the 2024 presidential race in Colorado and in Minnesota and in Michigan and probably a bunch of other states. But we've got updates on the Minnesota hearing. The AP says Minnesota justices appear skeptical that states should decide Trump's eligibility for the ballot. I watched some of this live and I got to say this, these hearings, what we are watching right now with the question of Donald Trump's eligibility is an attempt by Democrats to run a stake through the heart of the United States. And the arguments made in Minnesota really spell this out. I'll give it to you very simply. I believe it was Trump's lawyers who was arguing this, who was arguing this. States do not have the constitutional authority to determine eligibility. They state legislatures are given wide, uh, um, a wide uh, capability or, or wide um, responsibility and uh, governance over elections in their states, but not eligibility, which is a federal question. Meaning if someone's eligibility is challenged, it must be in a federal court. Donald Trump was questioned over this in his impeachment hearings and was found not to have engaged in insurrection. Therefore, the question is done. They're now taking it to the states to argue he did. The argument was 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 actually really simple. If someone's 27 years old, there's no question of fact. You're not eligible to run. Nobody has an issue with it. Insurrection is different. Insurrection has to be determined. But the Constitution at the federal level determines the eligibility for a federal elected official. States don't get to decide who is eligible or not. If it becomes that de if Democrats succeed in even a single state, set a precedent, then the precedent will be there will never be a U.S. election again. Now, hold on. We'll have North Korea style elections where you'll have one person on the ballot. Why? Elections will become instead of, hey, let's go get as many votes as possible. It's time to go vote. That's what we do now. But don't get me like, don't get me wrong. I know it's all ballot harvesting now. It's 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 months of work knocking on doors. And the goal is get a bigger number than the opponent by any means necessary. If this goes through and Democrats succeed, future elections will be like this. Um, OK, uh, uh, sir. It is one year before the general, which means it's eligibility season. We better get those arguments ready for court to determine whether or not you're eligible to be in this state. A president will then have to win eligibility hearings in all 50 states. And if they don't, their name will not appear on the ballot. A dummy candidate will. And it will be like a North Korean election in every state. You will then get every blue state saying, Joe Biden and, you know, uh, Bobby, Bobby Doe, the Republican. No one's ever heard of him. Doesn't matter. It's Joe Biden versus Bobby. And everyone's like, who's that? Well, that means that there's not going to be a popular vote for Trump. Then the red states will do the same thing. Well, Joe Biden's not eligible. Actually, it's probably the Republicans will do nothing. Right. And it'll only be the blue states that are cutting off all the Republicans. But theoretically, then red states say, nope, we had we had eligibility hearings a year ago and we found Joe Biden to be ineligible for these reasons. Therefore, the ballot will only be. Donald Trump and the Democrat will be RFK Jr. And then Trump wins easily. And then you're going to get red leaning swing states and blue leaning swing states. And that's going to be the battle where instead of an election, appointed officials, hired corporate lawyers will argue to judges who the president should be. I don't know about you, but it sounds like a great segue to national divorce myself. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I, uh, this ain't happening. No, this isn't going to happen. And if and if this if this goes no, through, no, 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 this could happen. I don't think. I don't think these judges gonna. are hyper partisan. Look, I know they are. Look at the, ju the judge in Colorado is a donor to a PAC sure. specifically to remove Republicans who supported Trump on January 6th. Our, our, our whole entire justice system has become hyper partisan. So what, I, I'm not what's under going any illusion. to what's going to stop this Colorado judge who already donated money to stop Republicans over January 6th 
What's going to stop that judge from being like, I don't care what you said, Trump, your name's off the, the ballot. You're going to stop him. The Supreme Court. I think it'll, yes. I don't get argued to the but, Supreme Court. And, and, and how many years will that take before the Supreme Court takes it, Supreme Court takes it up? I don't know. It could be fast. It could, it, be. It could it probably be. would be pretty fast uh, concerning uh, elections like that. And then what happens if in Colorado, my, my fear is November, uh, let's say October 2024, a state like Michigan will just take Trump off the ballot and say, sue us. Then the Trump campaign will sue and win. And then by December 15th, they'll get injunctive relief. Oh, what's that? Joe Biden already won. Sorry, we can't undo the election. It was one state any one one state's moot. True. That one state would have wouldn't have changed the election. But then they then they argue, yes, but your honor, here's four other states where it happened too. Well, you got to take it up with those judges in those states. That has nothing to do with us. It's it's only seven electoral votes here, so you don't win. Then he's gonna go to that state. Ah, oh, it's only thirteen here, so you don't win. Yeah, I just I don't see it. I don't see it getting that far. I really don't. I don't I honestly don't think it can I, get that far. I, I gotta be honest, man. You think it's not going to get that far, considering and everything I'm like, we've I'm seen. I'm pretty black pilled on a lot of this stuff, and I'm saying I I I would be very surprised if that if that got that far. And I'd be very and I'd be very surprised if it did go through. That it wouldn't take. Was be January sixth surprising to you? Yes, of course, it should be surprising. My, to I, I, Viscerally I, surprising. I cannot yeah. believe that someone would be surprised by what is literally happening right now when you have Colorado, Minnesota, and Michigan all happening at the same time, where they're all arguing Trump should not be on the ballot, and a judge literally donated to a pack to get Republicans. Republicans removed from Congress for supporting Trump. I mean, we are we are one centimeter from. OK, when you have judge donates money to target Trump supporters, specifically over January 6th, then you have presiding over whether Trump is eligible for January 6th. It is a slight nudge sure. to Trump ruling. Trump is not. Eligible. There's also there's a huge difference when we talk about January 6th. There's like a huge difference between the federal courts and, and the state courts too. Um, federal courts always throw the book entirely at everybody they have coming in hoping they'll take a plea deal and right. like 80 something percent of the people who go through federal court take a plea, plea deal because the the consequences of not taking one are so high astronomically high that you can end up in prison for two and a half life sentences for building an e-commerce site like ross Ulbrich, right yeah and so like there's there is a, a distinction there for sure and i don't i just i just don't see a state court going that far i don't think i don't think they can i don't think they i don't i think at some point someone's going to say judge you absolutely cannot do this yeah that's what i think is happening right though? now yeah. like, so when well that's when, what's happening now so when the yeah. judges in pennsylvania ruled that their own constitution did not bar them from passing universal mail in voting I, I don't understand how you go from point a to point b on that one in in pennsylvania a lower court ruled that universal mail-in voting violated the Constitution of Pennsylvania. True. Texas filed their lawsuit. The Supreme Court refused to hear it. So there wasn't even a hearing over what was clearly a violation of state constitution. And the and the justices of Pennsylvania said, we think absentee ballots and mail-in votes are a different thing. So we're going to allow universal mail-in voting, despite the fact the Constitution clearly says you can't. The upside is we've got a year to talk about how insane this crap is. Yeah, that's true. We need elections. Yeah, we have. Well. Even if they're getting <laughs> twisted behind the scenes, fifty-one forty-nine, we still need them. Look at Arizona. What's what 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 happens with Carrie Lake? Yeah, how Even many machine was voting? It several, is so several, disgusting. Several hundred machines yeah. did not read ballots because the ballots were printed on the wrong paper. Proprietary the wrong, the wrong, machine. The wrong voting. size printing on the wrong size paper, and. But now we're getting into like the shadow vote. This like this shadow no, 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 voting no, 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 stuff. No, right? no, no, we're no, we're not. We're, I'll keep it real simple for you. In Arizona, it is a fact. No one disputes. The voting machines were not accepting ballots in certain areas because the wrong size image was printed on the wrong size paper. That right there to any honest and reasonable person is stop, stop the election. Stop, stop, stop. 
we got to start over. Yeah, we don't have to rush these, elections. These, these ba exactly. These ballots are wrong. People are complaining. If we're going to have a free and fair election, we got to have, like, it's got to be universal and uniform, the ballots. Instead, they said, don't know, don't care. Yeah. Get out, Carrie Lake. But we also got to remember that this this uh, election fraud thing has been going on for a long, long time. It's deeply entrenched, right? Like it's been deeply entrenched in our government for many, many, many years. But this is this is my point. This we, is we, new, we, and yes, this yes. is going to be visceral for a but lot of people. A if, lot of people. If we know for a fact that I think it was several hundred locations in Arizona, the ballots were not properly re being read, and they and they argued, nah, no, no, we we counted all of them. Trust us. I'm like, no, that's not how elections work. This the the, the courts. I mean, Kerry Lake is winning very narrowly in a few areas and it's advancing. Now she's running for Senate. So we'll see if there's ever, ever an answer. But I mean, they basically just said everyone knows the election was broken, but we don't care and no one will do anything about it. This is the same component. They're just going and saying we're going to win through lawfare and not an actual election. True. And I'm not putting it past them. I don't so, want anybody to think that I'm like downplaying this at all. I just, well, if we do nothing, yeah. they'll but, take but, but, and twist yeah, it. If we I, do I, nothing, it's definitely what's going to happen. And I do want to stress, I'm not saying it is absolute that they're going to rule against Trump. I don't know. But they're trying, and I would not be surprised at all if they succeed, considering, I'll just keep it very simple, the judge in the Colorado case donated money specifically to remove Republicans who supported Trump over January 6th and is now presiding over the trial to determine whether or not Trump is ineligible to be president because of his actions on January 6th. I think we know the biases of this judge. I think he needs to be removed for conflict of interest. Well, she was asked to recuse herself yeah. and she said, oh, I don't remember making that donation. I don't so care what I'm she remembers. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's it's the still thing, though. I mean, it, it was up to her. And there's no oversight. She said, no, no, it's not a conflict of interest. I bet there's a That's lawsuit normal. hanging in there somewhere for, for conflict well, the, of interest. For they, sure. they, they appeal. Yeah. But my, my friends, my fear is first, I'll say, and I got to stress, you have to go vote. You need a tidal wave of votes. You need everyone, your grandmother, your kids, you know, whoever Libertarian. legally allowed to vote. I don't care who they vote <laughs> for. Just I go just vote. Go, yeah. go vote. I don't want anyone to be dissuaded from voting because of these issues. Right. But I want to make sure... You, you understand the importance of the lawfare going forward that it may be two months, three months, four months before the election. One of these hearings hits a state like Georgia. The co lower court agrees and then orders the secretary of state to print ballots without Donald Trump's name on it. Trump files an appeal. The appeal goes to a higher court who reverses the decision. Secretary of state says, OK, well, now we got a bunch of ballots one way and the other. Then the, the state appeals or the or the Democrats appeal and it goes to a higher court that then says, no, 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 Trump's ineligible. Then Trump appeals and it goes to the Supreme Court who says you can't take Trump off the ballot. He is eligible. And it's a year after. The oh, fact. so maybe it's good that this is happening now so we can get up to the Supreme Court and they can shut it down. It's it, I mean, if that goes through, it's going to the Supreme Court. There's no doubt about in, it. Zero in New doubt. York during covid. But when is the question? The uh, uh, Cuomo, the governor, shuts down churches. He gets sued saying the First Amendment guarantees our right to assemble. You can't shut down churches. The, the courts agree and say you you can't shut them down. They're reopened. And he goes, OK, I'll make a new executive order slightly different. Sue me again. Yeah. That's the problem. And then he even if it happens now, what, what's what's happening now, especially with like people like Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis apologizing and saying, yep, we did it. We did it. You're now going to have in these hearings, especially in Colorado, they're going to say, look, here's Trump staff saying they were instructed to present misinformation and disinformation for the purpose of, of subverting the election with fake electors, blah, blah, blah. OK, well, there's your evidence. Then one court says yes, and then they use it everywhere else. It'll have to go to the Supreme Court. But the issue then becomes, what's the Supreme Court? Is, is the Supreme Court ruling going to be broad or narrow? Right. Well, the Supreme Court say in the instance of Trump's eligibility as it pertains to anything related to January 6th, 
It is not in dispute. Trump did not engage in insurrection and is eligible. Okay. Or what they could do is issue a narrow ruling where they say, as to the question raised specifically by this one group, this one time in Colorado, we say that they are wrong and Trump is eligible. And then what happens? Another organization says, okay, well, they didn't answer the question of January 6th, so we're suing again. And then it just keeps happening until the Supreme Court issues a broad ruling. But I got to tell you, I think it's also a strong possibility. The Supreme Court says, nah, we're not going to get involved in this one because states can run their elections as they see fit. In Texas v. Pennsylvania, 2020, Texas said Pennsylvania violated their constitution, violated the federal constitution by altering the rules of an election without the approval of the state legislature. And therefore, we are negatively impacted. If we are going to participate in an election, everyone has to have these elections done fairly. Texas is basically saying if our elections are fair and theirs are not, then the system is broken and the votes are not legit. For, I think it was something like 48 states get involved in this lawsuit and the Supreme Court said, go F yourselves. So the question's never been answered. And now you've got chaos in, in our election system because of pathetic cowards in the Supreme Court. Why didn't I, why did they not take that up? Did they say Thomas why? and Alito were pissed. They issue, uh, Thomas wrote this like scathing opinion where he's like, we must take up questions in original jurisdiction. The states need to know they need these questions answered. And by rejecting this, we're leaving this question in limbo. And now all the states are in a free for all as to what is or is not constitutional. Alito agreed. He wrote his opinion and the rest were like, no, we're not getting involved. The real reason was the Supreme Court cowards are scared that this country is on the brink. You're talking about national divorce. Of course, yeah. You, you've got the Boston Globe story where the Democrats were proposing West, 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 uh, West, the West Coast seceding from the Union in the event of a Donald Trump victory. And so you likely have people like Kavanaugh being like, well, if I rule on this, I mean, it could it could affect history. Right. I don't want to be involved in that. I don't I don't quit. Quit right now. Yeah, resign. Really. All of you resign. If you're we need unwilling heroes. to take up a no, they could have taken the court case and said, no, mm -hmm. you're wrong, Texas. The right. ruling stands. Biden's president. They just are cowards. Yeah. And you, are. if you're on the Supreme Court, that's kind of your job to affect history. I mean, that is why we put you there. Yeah, but when far left extremists show up to your house and threaten to kill you and the and the police and the judges are like, we're going to let it happen. Yeah, I have, then, tremendous, then, I have yeah. tremendous sympathy for the fear. On the other hand, if the fear uh, is now too great for you to complete your job, you should step down. If not, otherwise, you have an obligation to continue to push forward. That's why these issues aren't. Yeah, you have a fiduciary duty. I mm -hmm. mean, this is you have a duty to the people to rule on these matters that make it to the Supreme Court. There's no and, doubt about and it. And because they didn't rule on it, yeah. the question remains open and will be an issue again in 2024. And it's going to be a, a, it's going to be apocalyptic lawfare. Mm -hmm. Now there's going to be like 3000 lawsuits. Everybody who watched 2020. They're gearing up for lawfare right now. And the Democrats are already in it. Republicans are, are not going to be as strong as Democrats on it, but they're gearing up as well. It's going to be tens of thousands of lawsuits. Well, what's the, what's the fix for that? Public Let opinion, a shift think? in public opinion. Well, of and, course, but uh, our, our culture the, is broken. The public. It's terrible. It's absolutely it's, terrible. It's, it's cultural fragmentation yeah. to where these judges, not these ones in Minnesota, they appear skeptical. We'll see what happens. Uh, and, and Minnesota being, you know, it's it's not like the furthest of left states, it's, you know, a little, it's a Midwestern. So but uh, it, with with Colorado, with California, the culture is so divided. Let me just put it this way. The left is a cult. They are uh, either malicious or or, or uh, um, the banality of evil. And they go along with whatever gains them power. So I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt, but what do you think is the solution? Building culture. That's exactly why we're doing it. Now, granted, I see these problems. I think in the meantime, we need legal, uh, we need lawfare, you know, re return legal fire, uh, file lawsuits, challenge these things, and everyone needs to vote in a massive tidal wave. 
But the real solution is always going to be that politics is downstream from culture. So what do we need? A cast brew coffee shop in every <laughs> shopping center. <laughs> I think, oh, but this boy. is the truth. Yeah. And think, I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because right now, everybody, uh, older, you've got younger people getting their information from TikTok, older people getting their, their news from mainstream media, and you're getting propaganda across the board. No one, no one is getting a, a, an honest shot. You even on, on, on YouTube, you get, you get partisan propaganda stuff, but at least as it pertains to the quote unquote freedom faction, I like to say, we all try to be honest about what's going on and then let people form their own opinions and, 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 and we have a, have a real free and fair election. The reason why we want to do cast brew coffee, lady walks into the coffee shop to buy her coffee and you've got a TV playing on the wall and guess what? Josh Smith is on doing an interview. Now they're hearing another voice. Now they're getting a, a, a wide range of opinions and views, not just one hyper-partisan or manipulated uh, opinion, and they're learning about things. I, I, I hope more people open a whole bunch more brick-and-mortar locations, but we need to create spaces in the physical world where people can meet, congregate, and hang out. Used to be church. It'd be great if it was. We're going to do this cash brew coffee. We're going to do Saturday morning cartoons, invite families to come and hang out with their kids. And let people start rebuilding their communities again. You said Josh Smith interview, so I'm listening now. You know. Yeah, I think we need uh, to put this show on Rumble, or and or I think the YouTube admins should start shoving this show to the front of the network. But they're doing the opposite of that. Good luck, buddy. Good luck. Well, yes, that is good luck. YouTube, you should do it because people need to know about this stuff. This needs to become invigoratingly entertaining. YouTube doesn't want you to know about this stuff. No, YouTube's not a guy. YouTube's just a network. The Google executives cried when Donald Trump won, or I should say. The Google executives held a meeting where staff cried yeah. and they said, we will never let this happen again. And we had uh, Dr. Robert Epstein on the culture war explaining. It, it's really, really crazy how he explains. It's not complicated how they how they can rig elections. People seem to think they hear the story about Cambridge Analytica, right? Right. Oh, they were they were stealing data from Facebook. They weren't supposed to have and using that to target people and figure out who they were voting for. No, it's much simpler than that. On election day. Mark Zuckerberg sitting there with his paddle ball went, oh, can you send out a notification to all Democrats to go vote and tell Republicans to go watch Friends? Yeah, but what's happening right now <laughs> that's is it. the yeah. people, the admins, and, and he, the executives he, he, are hold on. terrified this is what right he found. now, dude. He said in his data set of tens of thousands of people, he found 100% of Democrats were given a notification to go vote and only 59% of Republicans got the same. Mm -hmm. You don't need to trick or convince anybody. You just need to remind one side and not the other. But there People was that study that uh, I don't remember what university students did. Sorry, I, but it was uh, analyzing Gmail and Gmail would show uh, emails from Democratic campaigns, but it would hide yep. or mark spam, spam. Uh, Republican campaigns. I mean, this yep. is something that is alive and, and, and well. And here's the best part. When I think it was Ted Cruz sent a letter to Google over this, he said in their data set, they saw instantly the the manipulation turned off. Me, that that indicates Google is intentionally doing it. But what's happening right now, people are that. terrified. Biden screwed this country hard. People know that. People are fucking freaking out that we're going to get slaughtered because of the, this shit show of a leadership that we have. And they're willing to open and listen. So we are the voice. And we need to inspire people and, and get people, excite people to put this shit on the front page. Make people hear it. It's super important. We cannot let go of our elections. You know that. We need you. This people, is where people, this is a team, man. People who are watching MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News aren't hearing this. They, they, they. I, I don't even, I don't even see anybody tweeting about the Minnesota case. No. I, I like Colorado is getting a little bit of airplay. 
especially because they showed a clip of this show. So we were like, hey, look, it's us. <laughs> I saw, saw yeah, that. Cash yeah. Patel. He yeah, made it. Colorado seems Patel, like yeah. it's picking up. I mean, I was just reading about like Ken Buck's testimony today. Uh, it's getting underway. Whereas, I mean, this is true for a lot of cases when it's the early stages of like, well, judge is hearing this, whatever. There's sort of less for the journalists to report on. But then when you're able to say, oh, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump are, are reporting today, it, these things might pick up. It is a reason to me, it seems obvious that these, these cases are all hitting at the same time. So it's hard to keep track of them. You don't know which case is presented what information because they're arguing very similar things in different jurisdictions uh it's intentionally to confuse anyone who might be trying to follow it so they're again you can retain control of the narrative that gets out well now they have 24 7 world war three coverage to watch too to keep them completely in the dark would, on everything would, else would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses jeez you know the meme yeah i know what it's you're silly about, yeah. but here there actually is a really simple answer a horse-sized duck you know right. why you can run from it yeah so the reason I bring that up is Donald Trump is currently fighting 100 duck-sized horses and they're surrounding him in every direction. Sure. That image it is, is amazing. Sorry. It, it is, and it's important too because what's happening right now is a single Democrat voter in each state files a lawsuit with only a couple thousand dollars and it forces Trump's team to expand nationwide to every state and set up a legal mm -hmm. operation. It's asymmetrical warfare. Yep. Yeah, exactly it, it also is. means that, you know, and this is not to be cruel to any of the lawyers working in these cases, but theoretically the best lawyers that Trump can get can't be in every single state all the time. So Trump, as a single individual in a single campaign, will need to hire probably 300 lawyers. Let's be real. Maybe that's not even enough. Okay. If you're talking about election eligibility, you, you, you're not going to have one lawyer do it. You're going to hire a lawyer and he's going to have a team of like five or six. Right. He's going to need that in every single state. The Democrats... No, 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 it's not top down. There's one pack in Colorado that six voters file a lawsuit. Then in Minnesota, some random three random guys file a lawsuit and they do it over and over again. And the, and here, and here, and the crazy thing is there's going to be different versions of the same lawsuits filed in multiple states. And Trump as a single entity will struggle to compete against all of that. Sure. Yeah. Maximum lawfare. So what's, I mean, the, what's the what's the answer for Trump then? I mean, what, he can't fight all these lawsuits. He has to just fight. He has to file the lawsuits and, and he has to do this and uh, they're going to lie, they're going to cheat and they're going to steal. But once again, I tell you, first and foremost, everybody needs to vote in a tidal wave and convince everybody to go vote. Bring your friends uh, uh, to vote. Tell them, every, you know, whatever is legal in your state. You know, if you're allowed to ballot harvest, ballot harvest, you should be knocking on doors. And then uh, the real answer is going to be building culture. Don't stuff the ballot box illegally, though. But don't don't, get, don't get caught doing that. It's legal in a lot of states. <laughs> People need to understand that. I'll tell you about uh, uh, rollerblading is a really great analogy on this one. Rollerblading was the biggest action sport in the world in the, in the, in the early 90s. Had something like tens of millions of participants. Yeah. And they did not inspire young people to get involved. So 10 years goes by and what happens? You're still the best. You're a pro. You're doing the bigger tricks better than ever. But there's no one buying any products around what you're doing. No sponsorships. And then finally, the X Games says, guys, you're not selling tickets anymore. We're cutting your event. Right. You're gone. You're still the best in the in the world, but there's no one coming behind you. Republicans need to be inspiring young people, indoctrinating young people. This is the funny thing. Don't fall for the left's trap. We absolutely want to indoctrinate all of the young people towards values of personal responsibility, meritocracy, and liberty, and the foundation of this country, and all the bad stuff can go away. When the right says, oh, it's bad, the schools are indoctrinating kids, I'm like, actually, that would be good if it was like for American values, but it's not. It's weird, woke garbage. Yeah, I, 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 I get kind of caught up on this, this Republican-Democrat talk. Obviously, I'm a libertarian, but the, the problem for me is like all the worst like 
policy that's ever passed in my lifetime has always had bipartisan support. Well, but but I'm, not, I'm not trying to make it seem like Republicans and Democrats. I don't like the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. You've got a handful of Republicans right now, seven, who are very libertarian leaning and populist. And so that's why I'm saying American values. Right. If you believe in the Constitution, if you believe in individual liberties, rights and meritocracy, that's the indoctrination we want. I'm, a, the parties. I'm, a, I'm a libertarian American first populist candidate. That's there what you I, go. That's what I've been telling everybody. And some of the libertarians don't like that I say that, but that's just because they don't understand what any of those words mean pretty much. What does it know? mean? Well, populist is just you're speaking to the, the outside of the ruling elite, right? This regime that like uh, that rules us through the the academia and, and uh, you know, the corporate news media and the rich and. And the, and the politicians, we're speaking to the middle class and lower, right? Like these people that are everyday Americans that get up every morning and put on their work boots and go to work. That's what a populist message is speaking to those people, not the, not the elite. And American first, here's the thing, like libertarians are like, oh, you know, anti-borders and, 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 oh, you can't say America first, but it's like, you're running to govern Americans. How could you not be an American first? And in fact, if we're going to be this uh, anti-interventionist, right, like these anti-war guys, then you have to be America first. That's the one of the most important principles of that is that we've got to stop like meddling in these foreign interventions. Yeah, it shouldn't be shameful to be America no, first if you're an American yeah, America first is a good thing if you're running to be a politician in America. And as, as a libertarian candidate, I may be one of the first guys that actually gets that. And that's, you know, that's just who I am. Well, uh, your, your chief rival in the presidential election has a new policy this story from the post-millennial trump would create free freedom focused online american academy as president and he'd make the woke ivs pay for it it will be strictly non-political and there will be no wokeness or jihadism allowed i see a lot of people cheering for this but i'm going to be completely honest this is a stupid idea sorry it just is uh let me play the video for you recent weeks americans have been horrified to see students and faculty at Harvard and other once-respected universities expressing support for the savages and jihadists who attacked Israel. We spend more money on higher education than any other country, and yet they're turning our students into communists and terrorists <laughs> and sympathizers of many, many different dimensions. We can't let this happen. It's time to offer something dramatically different. Under the plan I'm announcing today, we will take the billions and billions of dollars that we will collect by taxing, fining, and suing excessively large private university endowments. And we will then use that money to endow a new institution called the American Academy. Its mission will be to make a truly world-class education available to every American, free of charge, and do it without adding a single dime to the federal debt. This institution will gather an entire universe of the highest quality educational content covering the full spectrum of human knowledge and skills and make that material available to every American citizen online for free. Whether you want lectures or ancient histories or an introduction to financial accounting or training in a skilled trade, the goal will be to deliver it and get it done properly. Using study groups, mentors, industry partnerships, and the latest breakthrough in computing, this will be a truly top-tier education option for the people. It will be strictly non-political, and there will be no wokeness or jihadism allowed. None of that's <laughs> going to be allowed. Most importantly, the American Academy will compete directly with the existing and very costly four-year university system by granting students degree credentials that the U.S. government and all federal contractors 
will henceforth recognize. The Academy will award the full and complete equivalent of a bachelor's degree. In addition to help the 40 million Americans who have some college education but no degree, the American Academy will grant credit for past coursework at legacy institutions and give you the chance to complete your education at the American <laughs> Academy for free and much more quickly than is now possible or available. This will be a revolution in higher education and will provide life-changing opportunities for tens of millions of our citizens. Enjoy it, learn from it, and thank you. So I just want to say real quick, the most important thing here is room tone, guys. When you're shooting these videos, <laughs> you need to record about 30 seconds of what's called room tone silence so that you can mask the jump cuts. But anyway, what, what were you saying? Is this like a, a GED, but for a bachelor's degree instead of high school yep. diploma? And I think... Yep. Look, I, I can respect the colleges are garbage. They're making kids communists, but the government making another program is not the solution. Yeah, this is the this is the same dilemma you had when you were talking about the central bank digital currencies, except with education. It's the exactly. same exact thing. Oh, the government's going to swoop and create government college for you. Don't worry. Trump says it won't be woke. No way. He'll get out of office and then some crackpot woke person will bang the gavel and it'll turn into woke you. Yeah. And then the government's funded it. It can never die. It can never go away. No. He likes to no. say that everything woke turns to shit, but really it's everything the government touches turns to shit. It's also well, the government we... touches, it the, puts the woke in it. Yeah. He's saying, you know, I want people to have opportunities to get whatever but why don't we just stop giving out student loans i feel like that's the thing that i'm more interested in seeing right stop i mean there are going tons to of college we'll stop subsidizing the whole system right entirely. it doesn't yeah. it doesn't make you could solve a lot of issues that way in yeah. fact you could Sub make college affordable i do love how he came out with his own right-wing version of yeah. free college for all though that's yep. hilarious no and if the, and if he fails at, at president we'll definitely see the ads on Facebook where he's like, Sub you know, give us your email address and we'll send you an email. Subsidize is for free. Subsidizing college was one of the biggest mistakes this our society ever made. Yes. Because what happens now is young person says, oh, I can get a loan to go to college. I'll learn. Uh, I'll take something. I don't even know. Most kids don't even know what their major is going to be. I don't even know what my major is going to be. Then why are you going? So they go thinking they're going to get a job. That kid that that 17 year old i say kid because they're 17 they're planning college they turn 18 they go to college if they just went and got a job working at their like local uh, with a handyman sure local 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 mechanic engineer electrician they said i'm just going to do go for work heating and air conditioning they'd learn real skills that translate they'd have an actual job and then they can figure things out as they're getting older or they can work, work these skills and maybe i don't know being an electrician is a great skill to have and they could have learned that they didn't have to go to college they go to trade school or something instead they graduate four years later and go, oops. You know what's a better idea than going to Trump's uh, America school? <laughs> it's just running for your local school board and changing the school district in your own in your own locality. Literally, it's it's going to be just as easy if, if we could change everything. If they never subsidized college, young people would not have gone and no. wasted their time generating debt mm -hmm. and then learning nothing. No. There, there are So what happens is. Uh, I read this great article. This is when I was a kid. They said, you need an IQ of at least 110 to go to college. And the problem is subsidized universities is telling everyone of any capability to go to college. You end up with people who are not bright enough, who can't understand the material. I think we were talking about this the other day, like college was supposed to be, you sat down and experimented and worked with like-minded individu individuals mm -hmm. and you wrote a thesis. You were saying this. I was and now that. it's gen ed. Now it's right. like, here's your homework. Come back. Yeah. You know, it's like high being school. in high school. I mean, and this is also different than, let's say like the British system, right? Like 
in the equivalency of high school in England, you are already narrowing down what you want to study. In America, we keep students taking everything for as long as possible. And now that basically lasts until they're, you know, if you enroll in college at 18, that's the first two years of college. So when you're 20, you are still taking general classes as instead of specializing in a skill. Yeah, but the longer you're in, the more money you owe the government. Exactly. That's, I mean, that's the thing about point. subsidizing yeah. is that you were able to say to colleges, name your price and we will write a blank check and we will force them to agree to take it. That's crazy. That also means that there's no uh, incentive for colleges to say, hey, we're going to make this quick and efficient for you. I mean, there are schools that will say, oh, well, we're revamping our general ed criteria. So actually you can't graduate unless you take, you know, summer courses, which cost additional money or you you spend an extra year here. I mean, they're trying to make it last as long as possible because they don't care that you're going into debt. And in fact, while I was sitting here, my college called me to try and get a donation. This is just, you know, that you will always be a meal ticket for them. And yeah. I, I think it's sad because there are probably professors who are really dedicated to things that they're interested in. You know, there are students who are genuinely interested in learning. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's the administration. Well, and also, colleges, if we yeah. did not have college, would you have, you know, people who spend money buying tickets to lectures instead? Like, right now, we trap all of learning in college when it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, you got Khan Academy. You can do all kinds of things. I mean, you can get free lectures online as it is. I don't know why we need American Academy, except for the fact that now they're saying you could potentially get the equivalency of a GED, but for your bachelor's. So if you've gotten some college somewhere, but also to what end? If you've been able to find a good job after having left college, why would you then go back and get a degree except for like, I guess, wanting to seem sort of elite and good? I don't really get what the benefit of this is. Uh, I like that he said they would rush, you could rush through. So kids that are really smart and they want to work 10 hours a day can get their degree in a year. You can do that um, with dual enrollment programs while you're in high school. I mean, you can get, I've known kids who graduate high school with their AA degree if they're getting dual enrollment during college credit, like through their local community college. There are tons of ways to go through college faster. I think we don't talk about them because ultimately everyone wants you on this pipeline where you go into debt. Yeah, yeah, but you're talking about things that don't need college. For things where you need to get a degree, like being a doctor, for instance, you're not going to do it online. You have to go and do medical practice and, and rounds. You have to learn how to actually save lives. You should be able to do it online, though. Medical work? Yeah, sure. You, you Why need, not? Because uh, you, you got to learn how to tie arteries. Would you go to a doctor that got his, his education online? No. Of course not. So, <laughs> of course but not. People, Nobody would. This is but, the information age. We know if we know where somebody went so to school. So you think the average person would then, it's it's the responsibility of the individual to check onto the, of course. the, the, the practice. Of the yeah, you take all, I don't disagree. Risk. You can learn a lot of course. the information, um, the book information online, well, well, but no. then you do need to go practice. But, but, you got okay, to so have labs. I had a friend in high school who put himself through college while uh, working as a paramedic all four years. and Or first time, I can't remember, an EMT. Um, if he wanted to be a doctor, shouldn't he automatically get real world credit like it, he doesn't he shouldn't have to take certain classes because he has the practical skills i get that eventually maybe he has to go to medical there's a big difference between an emt and a doctor by the way but like at the same time <laughs> yeah. he's had more hands-on experience Emergency. than any kid who anyone who just took a biology class right. right there should be some recognition of real world skill i think sure. if you get if you're a doc, if you're good at it and it, it took you two years to become an expert doctor i'd rather have you than a guy who was 12 years in school and doesn't know what he's doing I really don't care about but how all long of these it takes. Things, I mean, that's why there are like standardized tests that all of them go through to say, yes, I am now a good doctor. I am qualified to be a good doctor. When I say I want the government out of education, I don't just mean my kid's education. I mean all education entirely. That, that, that's why I'm like. Never should have been involved in education. Trump saying free university is, is exactly what he's trying to do. It's terrible. But there's something like you don't want one school teaching that two plus two equals five and another school teaching that it equals four. You got to have some government oversight. Five. Because then everyone would, will be would confused you put your and, kid in, and Would you war. put your kid in the school that teaches two plus two equals five? If there was, I wouldn't. But if my parents thought it equaled five, they probably would have put me in that school. Yeah, well. 
And so we have a federal government that's like, no, we're going to have some standardization. It's terrible. Kids aren't standardized uh, at all. Well, some of it, you got, like, you ever you if, ever been around children? Yeah, <laughs> they're all different. Every one. Yeah, of them but if they were different. being taught that words meant different things, that would be a big problem. So we need some standardization. Otherwise, we'd go to war. We need that standardization only because children, uh, parents have become entirely disinterested with their children's education. That's the they're, only. Problem. They're disinterested in their kids. Yeah, entirely. Well, also, if a private school is wanted. To tweak kids and there was no government oversight they could like make little terrorists or make people think the wrong thing yeah, slightly like yeah. the government is gender. doing this now in a yeah. bunch of states well that's a problem it, but it is. You the government is the too biggest involved. purveyor of what you're talking i think the government's right too involved but it, i don't think no government in education there should be no government in education at all at all 100 as there used to be no there used to be no government in education and kids could go to their local schools. They could go to any school they wanted to. They learned all the all the things that helped build this country without the government nanny state telling them what they had to do in education. What year? Oh, I don't know. The, majority the, the, of the, the federal government got involved in the 70s, but the states have been involved for quite some time. But pri prior to that, the state governments weren't involved in education. Do you know when they, they started were getting involved? No, I don't know. 1980. DOE. That's the Department of Education. That's I think I could do it. Be but there's, there's been state involvement in schools much longer than that, but not that much longer than 1867 that. was the Office of Education. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably because the Civil War happened, and they were like, we can't let that happen again. We need to teach these people the same thing. I don't know. I think just ultimately the government doesn't want you to have uh, an independent life outside of its purview, right? And so maybe it was a Civil War, but ultimately as soon as they started saying hey, it turns out we can have a say in your domestic life if we mandate that your children go to school, right? There there has always been an, uh, a tendency toward creeping reach into influence. And I think the issue is ultimately that the government doesn't know better than parents. I could get the argument that you want to say that information is standardized, but knowing that two plus two equals four is basic logic. I mean, that's irrefutable. I live in Iowa. It's like one of the, the most free education states in the country i mean uh, as far as uh, uh education freedom goes you can homeschool your children and you don't have to tell the government anything at all you can just petition your local school district when they're 18 and you think they've gone far enough to get them their diploma so like do you think the government should come in and tell us we can't do we can't homeschool our kids anymore the way that we are i don't know it depends on what you're teaching them i guess why because if you're teaching them that killing is good, that's a big problem. Okay, well, murder is good. That would be a big so problem. The, sure, murder is murder is illegal. The best. And so if argument, my kids kill somebody, they're gonna get a, they're gonna get arrested. That's already illegal. But, but if like a state was teaching their kids like it's okay to steal this, like it, you, well, there you are some a, laws. You just said a state though. That's a that's a government. Yeah, if there were children within a state, yeah. all being self schooled to think that things that were illegal were legal, like you need some some oversight of, of some structure. We don't have any in Iowa at all. Everybody's just fine. Some of the only compelling argument I've ever heard for having you know minimal invo government involvement with homeschooling, and because you know Iowa doesn't have any, but some states have more than others. So you can look these up online. There'll be you know blogs or whatever that rate it. Like New York State has high regulation. It's very difficult to homeschool in New York. Uh, West Virginia is sort of middle tier and one of the things that comes up when you regulate with homeschooling or when you enroll in homeschooling is some states require you to do a certain number of standardized tests to prove that your kid is learning or meeting certain criteria or you have to submit your curriculum. Some some state governments require I, that. I contend that putting the, the government into education has had a huge, the huge hand in The only time I've ever heard it. anyone make a compelling argument was this one social worker who said, the thing is, I just wouldn't want a student to not be enrolled in any school and for us to never know what happened to them. Sure. And I find that interesting because they're making a direct uh, like child welfare argument, right? Like if, if a kid is in a you know domestically violent home, 
if they just get lifted out of the system if they never go to school you wonder what happened when you do hear cases like that but to me that speaks to the fact that we don't have strong communities around them that would let children just fall off the map yep and that's what i was gonna say it's it's definitely contributed to the downfall of like strong families and mm -hmm. strong communities entirely yeah just putting just putting the government in education at all and forcing families into education yes. uh kids if you if a kid doesn't go to school they'll arrest the parents yes that's crazy it's kind of like this is a good uh piece of the argument of centralization versus decentralization um, we need some of both i mean i think i i err towards decentralization as on a whole but without any centralization, we would have no federal authority. We would have no state. We'd have no United States. States wouldn't be united because there was no central authority. You don't have to sell it to me. I'm already a fan. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of small small states instead of one big country. Yeah. I, I've heard 50, that somewhere. You're, you're, you're 5,000 5, Lichtensteins, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that's from Hans Hermann Hoppe himself. So. I think one of the hard things about the bound and I, I i always had a hard one of the struggles i had with libertarians is that i was really interested in uh foster care and seeing foster sure. care reform but ultimately the question is always like does the government get to say you're a bad parent although we know there are people who should not be parenting who are not safe parents who are you know at what point do we intervene and uh, what frustrates me is that libertarians will always fall back on well aren't there churches or nonprofits to to uh fix that but we know of course any institution of power could be potentially corrupt and sure. it's very ch challenging to deal with children and so i think you come into the same kind of obstacles with uh, questions about education, which is that as much as there are lovely, strong parents who, even if they don't know something, they're willing to push and help their students, there are also parents who just don't care and who have these kids who are they are ultimately not that interested in or they're detached from. And how do you make sure those students have, you know, so something better? Yeah, we uh, adopted, we adopted two. We mm -hmm. have, we have two adopted kids. They're actually my oldest daughter's younger siblings. <clears throat> and um, part of that when we adopted them from Arkansas, part of that deal was that they had to be in some type of public education when we got wow. them. Wow. Yeah, and, uh, but thankfully we're in Iowa where they have community choice charter schools, mm -hmm. which are super community-based. You have the opportunity to go down and be a part of the curriculum. You get to join the administration team and all kinds of stuff. And so we were able yeah. to use those because we live in Iowa as a public school and they, they yeah. got a better education that way. But even then they were like, <clears throat> my, my son was nine when we got him and, he had um, never been to school at nine years old, not a mm -hmm. single day of school. Nobody had taught him nothing. He taught himself how to read in the back of a car. Mm -hmm. wow. And so we, you know, putting him in the public education system was very hard for him, yeah, like extremely imagine. hard for him because they were like, well, he's supposed to be in fourth grade. We want to put him in fourth grade. I'm like, whoa, man, he's never been to school, you know? And so we had to like do a bunch of wraparound programs and guy was at school with him and my wife was at school with him and, and, you know, it took him some time, but he's caught up now it's in seventh grade. Hmm. Um, but you know, if we had had the chance to just homeschool him, we could have got him through it a lot better and probably maybe sure. more smoothly yeah too. much more smoothly with less with less frustration yeah. from him too but homeschooling is a big i mean i i think homeschooling is great you know i family members who homeschool but it's not without its sacrifices sure. right it's an extremely difficult thing to do i understand that there are families that rely on you know a community school or some or a public school in town because otherwise they can't work jobs or do whatever they need to do uh it's the fact that ultimately the state knows that that's where families are vulnerable and sees it as a place to you know influence your children sure. when you need community support i mean that's what theoretically your local elementary school should be it was like dewey who kind of started this this really like this dewey des the of the the federal like really like authoritarian school structure that we have now i think it's gone too far i think we're going to super chats i could tell tim's about oh. to raise the bar dang well, let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button? Subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com. Click join us. 
because the members only uncensored show is going to be lit. And uh, we'll take calls from you, our members, and you can uh, talk to us and our guest. Christopher Lambert wins the first super chat of the day. He says, I fell asleep. Well, you did, but you beat everyone else to the first super chat. Congratulations. Sammy spills the tea. He says, absolutely love this podcast and all that you do, Tim. The crew you have is amazing. Thank you. The crew is amazing. They do excellent work in making all this possible. Grafty pops in saying, I will be waiting for a few minutes, but I'm here. Thank you. All right. Timmy J says, Eric Erickson called you and Candace Owens anti-Semites on his podcast today. He said he don't know you enough. Eric Erickson, who is that? I don't know. I'm really sick I don't of, know him enough to comment on yeah. that. I'm really sick of people saying anti-stuff. The anti-Semite thing just, I'm just makes done, me laugh I'm done with point. anti-crap. Yeah. I'm done with it. It doesn't mean anything. Tell yeah. me what you are. Yeah, I honestly don't care if you call me an anti-Semite or a Nazi or any of that stuff. I'm still going to give you my entire, like, truthful opinion on geopolitics, yeah. no matter what you call me. I don't Any, care. Anyone saying that, it's, that's just, like, your opinion, man. Yeah. Like, you can say yeah. that, I guess. I've been called an anti-Semite more over the last three weeks than I ever have in my entire life, <laughs> nice. ever. Yeah. And it's only because I'm like, hey, maybe children shouldn't be dying for your wars of, of politics, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's absolutely Taking insane crazy positions yeah. out there. I think the there. Palestinians are Semites, too. Yes, that's the other thing. They are. A, a lot of Arabs are Semites as well. It's just, a, it's all about language. It's really yeah. what it it's, is. I mean, all... most of these labels don't mean anything because they get thrown around all sure. the time anyways. Well, it's so funny to me because obviously Israel's huge right now. This is a big, giant topic, right? But like they're, they've always framed it, at least for most of my life, as this giant holy war. We were talking about this before the show, but it's not a holy war. It's not the Muslims versus the Jews. It's the Zionists versus the Palestinians. It's a war. It's a political war. One hundred percent, it's a political war. Yeah, meaning that it's the the state is trying to take land. They have, I mean, they have been. If you look at the history of the Zionists, they've they've they. And the funny thing too is, first of all, this this divine claim to Israel. Israel is actually in the Bible. It is the descendants of Abraham. It's a citizen a citizenship of the heart for anybody who accepts Christ as the Messiah. And the people who live there today do not accept Christ as the Messiah. Well, that's but that the, the uh, Jews don't follow the New Testament, right? So, right. But they're saying that they have this divine right to. to but in their to, book, they do. Well, and, but you got to understand that um, to say that that's Israel when it wasn't Israel it was Palestine, right? But it was it was Israel. And before. prior to that, it was the land of Canaan. Right. It was Assyria before I mean, that. It was Assyria before that. It was the Ottoman Empire. I mean, you're talking you're talking thousands of years here. You so, know? so again, once again, I, it's, it's a weird thing for me because Max Blumenthal brought this up. He was like, the, the, this is it was Palestine. And before that, it was the descendants of, of the Jews who were conquered by Muslims. And I was like, OK, so the Jews are conquering the land back like that. Bro, there's no argument of someone being like, you want to Hatfields and McCoy this thing all the way back to the dawn of time. Fine. So be it. But if your argument is it was conquered before, so therefore it's Palestine, I'm like, oh, okay, so they're getting conquered now. No, but sounds you, like the colonizers are getting colonized <laughs> and they're getting comeuppance. Is, but, that, is that the argument? No, but you got to, but you do also have to understand that when the Zionists moved in to to Israel, they were living with the Muslims, right? But there was also Christians that lived there that have been displaced as well. And there's still today, seven percent of Palestine is is Christians right now. The third oldest church in the entire none world. Of, none of that matters. It does. It does. It, it, I think it does matter. I think when you're talking about the geopolitics of it, if, if it, in this lifetime, in this generation and the last generation, those people lived on that land too. It doesn't and matter. And then they got displaced. These, these, these don't present any solutions to the conflict. 
It's sure. come in and choose a side and then start fighting about sure. it. One thing that's instead important of, instead is, of being like, and I don't want to choose a side at all. You really want to distinguish Israeli and Jew. It's very important that they're two completely different. The country of Israel and the Zion, Zionists, meaning the yeah. people that wanted to create a country of Israel, it's totally different yeah. than someone that's Jewish. They're right. not the same in, in any fact, way. In fact, there's a lot of Jews today, and, and we, we saw there's video of it all over today, that there's Jews being beaten the street by Zionist police for protesting against the dead children in, in Palestine. Right now, it's happening right now. Do you know that for sure? Yeah, I saw the videos of it. Saw I watched, the, video I watched you, the videos of it. Watching today. a video doesn't mean you know why, why the fight happened. Well, I, and I'm I know so why the fight happened. And I'm so fed up with all of the lies. Okay. There was no on, refugee camp, that was sides. a lie. On both sides. Uh, what, what, was, what, was the, what was the lie from Israel? I mean, there's- they, No, no, they, I'm not saying they're none. I mean, like, look, hey, I, I can tell you the examples we have right now. Well, how about this, how about this? I know uh, they lie. They're, they're saying that war, war was declared on October seventh, right, by Hamas. I nobody's going to dispute that. Okay, uh, I think I think Netanyahu is the one who declared the war. Sure, but well, but come on, they Hamas attacked. Hamas, Hamas attacked, attacked, and yeah, so, declared war. But do you know that since January of this year, in times of peace, two hundred Palestinians have been killed by IDF? Why? Right? I don't. I don't know. That, that matters. Does it? Does it? Yes, because Hamas flew over, uh, tore down fencing, execute, killed a bunch of civilians. In October seventh, October seventh, right, and then saying something like two hundred Palestinians die. I'm like, okay, what happened? How, how many how many Hamas soldiers died on October seventh? I don't I don't know a you, lot. Oh, you should know, right? Okay. I mean, if you're going to use this as an argument, because the argument would no, be, I'm not. This isn't you, my argument. My argument is right, that, that, that these that, tensions have been going on for for years course, and years and years and years, and they've been killing both sides have been killing each other for a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's a big difference between like over the span of several months for a reason we have not yet determined. Two hundred Palestinians died. It doesn't answer how many Israelis died. It also doesn't correlate with and Israelis uh, prior to, to, to January right, right. as well, and, that, and Palestinians prior to anything. that, and, and and Israelis prior to that. And, and that's why and that's why that number doesn't mean anything. There's no, that you can't. It, it doesn't mean anything. So when I say that the history of the region, in terms of like it was this country before this country before this country, doesn't solve the problem today. Sure. So you've got Israel and Palestine fighting. We say, what's the solution to stop the conflict right now? Okay, well, Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th in a, in a, in a brutal, a horrifying way. Now Israel is airstriking air Gaza. Thousands of, of civilians are dying. If so, so you've got, I, I think there's a fair argument for ceasefire only in the context of we do not want regional conflict, which is happening. It's starting. It's already, yeah, right. it's already. Hezbollah is firing shells today. I mean, it's right. already happening. And then, and then the Houthis in, in Yemen are, are launching Iran, attacks. And Iran's going to get Iran's involved. backing all of them. Yeah. And now it's, it's pulling everybody in. Plus, Israel's been bombing Syria. This is bubbling up. It's getting massive. The only reason to call for a ceasefire is not because of a moral stance on who is allowed or not to do it. It's because, guys, stop fighting before the whole world blows We're not going to get a ceasefire. And do you want to hear my conspiracy theory on this? This is a conspiracy theory I have nothing to back this up but the west has wanted wanted war with iran for a long time that's undisputable yep. right and how how so so putting boots on the ground west western boots on the ground in palestine is gonna they're doing it hugely yes and it's gonna hugely increase the chances of terrorist attacks in the west which is exactly what happened on 9-11 yep. that gave them all the support they needed to go into Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria later, Yemen, all these places that they needed to go, right? This, 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 uh, what was 11 countries or whatever that they want to go to war with there. They know 100% that when they put boots on the ground in Palestine, there's going to be, there's going to be I, terrorist attacks in I, the West. They're already there. They're going to get the support that they need for, for war with Iran. That's special, what they've been special, for. It is a fact according to the New York Times and the Times of Israel that U.S. special forces are in Israel assisting with recovery of hostages. Now, that's the extent of the statement. Right. But 
you'd be insane not to think that as, as Israel like is that. exactly yeah. they don't stand there and liaise no. with Israel. No, they go get them. Right. And with Israel now cutting Gaza in half, the assumption is U.S. forces are already fighting. Plus, there have been reporters on the ground who have stated this already rumors because it's hard to confirm these things. But if the official reporting is special forces are there, then reporter says, hey, Americans are in Gaza fighting. It stands to reason that's likely the case. The according to Bloomberg. The U.S. held secret uh, meetings discussing U.S. troops occupying Gaza after this operation ends. So, yes. Right. Iran. They know. We should go deep on that's the after show. That's what they're trying to do. On uh, Israel-Palestine yeah. conflict. I want to go deeper. Yeah, we can go deeper on it for sure. There's a lot. I got a lot more to say. Let's read some more. So, I, I looked up Eric Erickson. He's a, he's a personnel. Hello. Whoa. What was that? What was that? Awesome. Your phone. No, that was, uh, we're in the Discord channel. Someone oh, went in the. Oh, I see. Yeah, why are we in the Discord channel? That's not supposed to happen. Well, that was terrifying. Yeah, just a bright hello from someone who popped in, and there you go. No, but, thank uh, you. Yeah, sorry with that. Well, there you go. Let's read. Uh, Eric Erickson is like a conservative personality or whatever. I think it's funny that I'm getting a bunch of people calling me an Israeli Zionist shill, and then Eric Erickson, allegedly, according to this tweet, is calling me an anti-Semite or something. Yeah, it's either way. There's, there's no, there's nothing you can do about it. Win. I guess make no one happy. Yeah, you've been like right. pretty, you've been pretty pro-Israel to be be calling it anti-Semite, right? I mean, I'm pro-Israel in the extent of October seventh. Like, I'm not going to get into the history of the region, and I can only tell you now that when people make moral arguments about what Israel did in the past versus what Hamas did on October seventh, or what Israel's doing right now, too. I'm just like, this, none of this is solving anything, right? You know, and and then they're like, yeah, well, Israel's right to defend itself, blah blah blah, and I'm like. Sure, like I'm not saying you're wrong, but this is not going to solve any of the problems. No, it's going to make it much worse. It's yeah. all going to get way worse. So I, I don't have any moral answers for anybody other than Hamas did a whole bunch of awful things, and then the left keeps lying about all of it. Right. And so what 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 bothers me is that oh a hospital was bombed, psych, not really. Oh a refugee camp was bombed, psych, not really. And then I'm like I'm done. And then they're like yeah well Israel is bombing civilians. I'm like yeah but all of those stories turn out to be lies. No. They're definitely bought. There's a lot for of sure. Of course, of course. Thousands. Except the two big ones that were were Cassius Belli for these other countries and militia groups to get involved were fake. And I'm just like, at this point, I'm done listening to people who in their own doctrine say lie to me to gain political power. I don't care about Israel. Like they're a country that exists. There's a war going on. You should care more about I Israel. I care about Israel as much as I care about Myanmar. Because Israel has a ton of influence on your politics here in the United States. And I care about Israel as much as I care about Myanmar and Armenia. Are there problems in Armenia with the Christians? You bet. It's horrifying. We should talk about it. I care about Israel as much as that and these other countries. Nobody's talking about those countries. The psychotic, psychotic, psychotic obsession with Israel is the most annoying thing in the world to sure. me. It's just like you, you, there are some people who just cannot talk about anything else. And I'm like, geez, you, you, you have people on Twitter that will have a calm, rational conversation with you about anything. And then as soon as Israel com comes up, they'll start talking about nuking Gaza. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And calling you an anti-Semite if you don't want any dead children to. And I'm like, constant. can we talk about Burma? You're yeah. not passionate about Burma. I mean, like <laughs> or that, Yemen, Yemen. My top passion 1948, is uh, the Burma Myanmar conflict, 200 plus thousand dead. Nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. The, Ye the Yemen. I mean, the Yemen humanitarian crisis just just stopped mm -hmm. like literally 500,000 dead children due to foreign policy like u.s foreign policy in saudi arabia I mean, and like nobody is, said a word I, I always say this our priority should be what's happening in the u.s it's not you can't be compassionate or empathetic to what's going on outside the u.s but how can we have this conversation about what we should be doing in, in, in an interventionist fashion when we don't secure our own border right. it, it's ridiculous let's read some more we got this uh 
Bender the Offender says, Tim, I do not think that a majority of states would abolish or ban no-fault divorce due to the fact that states get a financial percentage of the from the divorcees. However, I did see that the GOP was going after no-fault divorce. Thoughts? No-fault divorce should be abolished, and I believe that along uh, along with it, it will take child support with it. I think child support is overwhelmingly a really, really awful and evil thing. Title 4D of the Social Security Act. This is part of my platform for what is president, it? Explain. by the way. So, uh, so the, 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 the lamest, most basic terms for Title 4D of the Social Security Act is for every 66 cents that a state spends on child support enforcement, um, welfare programs, stuff like that, the federal government returns them a dollar for every 66 cents they spend. So essentially, what the federal government has now done has subsidized the state to separate families so they can treat one custodial parent that has the child all the time and one as a visitor so they can take revenue from them. And for every dollar they collect from them, or, or for every 66 cents they collect from them, the, the federal government gives them a dollar back. But also, through no-fault divorce and other things, as, as including these programs that the states have, we've incentivized women most of the time, 96.7% of the time it's the woman to split up the family and get paid right. and you have to pay for her life and your child's life and your own life and then you get to see your child every every other sunday night child you know? support in almost all almost all forms should be abolished because it is an incentive it is an incentive and a safety net to tell anyone but typically women that if you break up your family for for with no fault the man is on the hook you have a, don't worry about it yeah title 40 of the social security act would take so, care of a lot of that divorce lot. should be only in the instances of fault abuse infidelity and if a uh it will be typically be men if a man is abusing his wife sorry buddy you got to pay child support and sure. a lot if a guy is uh, uh committing infidelity you broke the rules you broke the terms of your agreement you got to pay child support but if you have a man and a woman who are married and the woman just says i'm not into it anymore i'm getting a divorce and you have to pay nope that should be abolished and the guy should be like well you chose to break the family up here's how it should work joint custody and then the guy says, I'll pay for the kids when I have the kids and you pay for the kids when you have the kids. No question. There should be no incentive. Equal to, responsibility. Equal responsibility yeah. and no incentive for for anyone to get a divorce knowing the other partner, typically the man has to pay for it. I talked a lot about this on the last show I was on with you already, but the uh, the amount of fatherless homes in America is one in four. Mm -hmm. One in four kids lives in a fatherless home. 82% of all violent youth offenders sitting in jail today today are from a fatherless home 92 percent of mass shooters are from a fatherless home these are undeniable this statistics. was larry elder's big thing yeah. he announced um, his candidacy he led off with the fact that the fatherless epidemic is the thing driving social destruction the in America. worst part of is the worst absolute worst thing that we face as americans today it is bred an entire generation of apathetic violent children and it's the solvable. hardest I mean, yeah. we could change the culture. And the, and the stats we, are undeniable. Mm -hmm. And, and we'd have to, but we'd have to acknowledge that this is an issue and then you'd have to fight the idea that like, no, it's great if we have, you know, unmarried couples, single moms who depend on the government, which is obviously not what one party in particular right. wants. I want to read this. Uh, Federale Actual says, I'm literally out of discretionary funds, but had to tip one last time hearing that Tim is hiring skaters who speak out. Keep going, guys. Spiral out and vote for Josh Smith. Was I first? You were far from first, but I want to stress this point. Yes. I, I don't know if it's up yet, but it's called The Boonies. It's our skate show. We were just having a meeting over the new skate park designs. We are bringing on uh, a series of pro skaters. We filmed with a bunch of uh, semi-pro ams, and we're doing tips for tricks, cash to skateboarders. Oh, it is the most glorious thing ever. 
because there are some skateboarders who are just cowards, absolute cowards. And they're like, I'm scared to come and skate your park because then someone might yell at me on the Internet. And I'm like, then there's no money here for you, but it's your choice. <laughs> then there are other skaters who are like, I don't care what people on the Internet say. Let's go. And they show up and do awesome tricks. The point of this is, you know, what the hardest thing in the culture war is inspiring young people. Sure. So many people uh, like I don't have kids working on it. None of your business. But um, <laughs> everyone's always like, where are your kids? Then? Well, it's a private family matter, but not that you're asking. Uh, but making sure that the next generation holds our values is quite literally the, the, the apex of our mission. That's the only thing that matters. Sure. You can say right now, I wish the system was this way. What you need to be saying and understanding is the system changes when you share those ideas with young people who can then start working towards expanding those ideas as they grow older and growing into it. If you do nothing, they're all communists. Also, let me say, uh, if you're waiting to for things to get better to have children, don't. They're not going to get any better. It, it's a, it's you got to have it's kids a now, right now. Yeah, the guy who had a, who had seven kids while living in the middle of the woods 300 years ago was not waiting for it to get better. No. Actually, the kids were making it better. Yep. He was like, we need kids who can help do work if yep. we're going to survive. Build a tribe. Strong you men know? create good times, and uh, you can only make strong kids if you're, if you're having them. But so this is the point when Federale says he's out of money, but he's tipping anyway. I really do appreciate it. And I just want to stress, this is the the point. This is the mission. We were, we were talking about, you know, money before the show. And I'm like, man, if I just did my one YouTube channel my, in the morning and the morning show podcast, I am wealthy and I have the rest of the day off and I don't got to worry about any responsibility. Instead, I've decided to take on a whole bunch of extra work to try and build culture music skateboarding coffee shop whatever we can because that's the key path to victory and it is arduous it is strenuous it is stressful but it's worth it uh that is not i I don't want to anyone get the wrong impression obviously building a company builds my net worth at the same time it's like i'm just flushing money down the toilet but there's a lot of other easier things i could do with all the money made from just one youtube channel and just programmatic ads. Yeah, but if you just sit around and do that, they'll make CBDC and then ban you for saying something. They're like, you gotta move. You exactly. Gotta exactly. Yeah. That, and I don't know. I just, I just feel like doing it. Diversify your portfolio. I, sure. If someone, if someone your said personal, por- yeah, your yeah. ability here's, portfolio. Here's a, here's a lesson I learned a long time ago. I'll ask you right now. If you woke up tomorrow and you had a million dollars clean cash in your bank account, what would you do? Invest seventy five percent of it. So there's three tiers of answers that the, so this is a question typically asked of like uh, venture capitalists. There's three, three tiers of the answer. One is the, the ideal answer is the direct response of, oh man, a million bucks. We are looking at this new property where we can start producing more of our product. If I had 300,000, that's the answer they're looking for. The second answer is what you said. I would invest. Okay. Well, it's a little vague, but that's good because it means if I give you money, you're looking to make money with it. And the worst answer, which is 95% of the answers is, oh man, vacation, vacation. (laughs) Like, oh dude, I'd get a new car and I'd pay off my bills. And it's like, I will never give you a penny. And so when people ask, if someone were to ask me, like, if you, if you were given a million dollars, Tim, right now, what would you buy with it? I'd be like, I just hire someone to make a couple documentaries, try and win the culture war, I guess. That's that's literally the only thing I care about, you know, it's, I could I could live in a van down by the river and be happy, but in terms of what I want to buy with things is people doing awesome stuff to win. Just also remember the the other most important thing you can do to win the culture war is to have children and raise them to be free thinking, independent humans. Yeah, very very important. Going places you don't normally go and interacting with people you don't normally interact with sure. is vastly powerful. Yeah, it can be for sure. Absolutely. All right.
Here we go. Let's read some more. Riley Lewin says Ian Freeman was sentenced to 96 months in federal prison for selling Bitcoin without sufficient investigations into his willing customers in early October. Not the first or the last, unfortunately. Yeah, there's a few. The 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 crypto six or something like that from New Hampshire. He was part of that. And I don't know all the details of the of the court case. So I'm not going to comment on it too much. But I know Ian Freeman has a a podcast community that he puts my podcast on for me all the time. He's a pretty cool guy. So. Reby Cheap says, to be honest, 2000 isn't enough. This is in reference to a video I made where a woman says she'll, she won't sleep with a man until he spends two grand on her. And I said, she's right. He says, you shouldn't sleep with a man unless he also buys you a $9,000 shiny rock and swears in front of both your families to love you forever. Bingo. I don't know about the $9,000 shiny rock and the money isn't necessarily what's important. This woman wrote an article where she was like, I heard that some women are saying they'll only sleep with a man if he spends $2,000 on her. And she's like, I think it's probably a good idea because I've slept with a bunch of guys and then they ditched me the next day. And if I wait until they spend this money, maybe they'll stick around. And I'm like, women are starting to rediscover standards again. I know it's crazy. Thank goodness. And Full she, circle. She, she says at the end of the article, actually, what's more important than the money is what is it? What, what is their job? Do they have debt? Did they go to school? Do they have a stable career? Yeah. What's their future plans? And What's I'm their like, relationship like with their fair, their family, yes. their parents. And I'm like, these are all the questions we always asked, mm -hmm. and then we got rid of it for hookup culture. And now you're realizing that was bad, and hooking up with random guys was bad. And now you're like, maybe I should actually stop, ask these guys about their lives, and if they don't stick around, they weren't worth in the first place. I think women are also discovering that when you have standards for men, men, men like to meet the standards. They like they like to pursue and achieve, right? So if I the say game. like, <laughs> I want to be with someone who's high achieving, that's desirable for someone who also wants to be high achieving. And that is better for both of us in the long run. If you're expecting very little and the man doesn't have to do anything, like maybe he'll hang around for a while, but ultimately he is dissatisfied with his life anyways and will move on. It's it's not a, it doesn't benefit anyone to have low standards. True. I, I said the other day, the, the, all this stuff popped up originally with that tweet of the, I don't know, what was it? $200 on the first date or whatever. Yeah. You you retweeted my my tweet, but I, I said when I stopped dating for a fun time and started dating for a long time, I stopped having dates that didn't need reservations. Mm. And that's true. Like when when I when I yeah. wanted that quality, like I changed my whole life to go get quality. Yeah. And, yeah. I've been getting into chastity lately, which is just really sex with a purpose, like instead of just lust. True. It's it's stressful cuz testosterone's nuts, but like it's it's really rewarding. Yeah. You got to meditate. You got to discipline. You have to be the warrior. You know, there's- Or get married. There's two kinds family. of people. That's there's what, the- the you can do it whenever you want. The person who's the-, who's the, the Look, you're either in control of yourself or you're being controlled by your by whims, mm -hmm. right? When you, when you wake up, do you decide? I, like, I am me and I decide what I do. Or do you just face compulsion within you and say, I'll, I'll do whatever I feel? You know yeah. what I mean? I think the things you do in life should have purpose and dating is one of those things. Are right? you an NPC or are you a player character? I'm a player character. That means you, when your body says, I want a large chocolate cake, you say, I'm not eating that. Yeah. When your body says, I don't feel like working out, you say, you're damn right you're working out. Yeah, it's kind of nice. That's what Rogan said. He has a great quote where he's like, I think it's Rogan, where he said that inner bitch says, no, I don't feel like working out. And you got to beat it into submission and then go That's work right, out. Yeah. <laughs> beat it early Something like that. into submission. The my body out. Yeah. All right, here, I love this one. The Real Hydro PX. We don't read enough of your Super Chats. It says, Tim is such a pompous person who thinks the people around him don't understand things. It's his insecurities from not having a GED. I, I, I had to read it because I love it. And Real Hydro, I really do appreciate it. I think you've given me like $5,000 at, at this least. point from what just up? blasting these Super Chats all day, every day, just insulting me. Is he right? 
He's not right. Okay. Is he talking Do about when you explain things that, you know, everyone involved in our conversation listening at home may not like when you explain whatever the the uh, CBDC. Acronym? Yeah. Like, is that I think he's talking about the chat? Your, maybe your guests some, or something. Some people know. in the chat were like, what's CBDC? That's why I yeah. say it. You know? you, it's crazy. Do you know it's who like Josh Denny a, a is? podcast host. Maybe. The what? comedian Josh Denny, redheaded so. guy. He was on the Food Network for a while. He's no. been really canceled from a lot of Sounds things. Sounds familiar. I had him on my show once. And he's got like this dedicated group of like troll haters <laughs> that will go to any media that he does and super chat questions to to make fun of him. And before the show, he goes, listen, you're going to get all kinds of super chats of people asking me questions that are derogatory, calling me Uber driver and all these things. Ask every one of them. I'll, he said, he said, I'll stay on for three hours and get you every super chat you need. I was like, all right, man, let's do it. That sounds fun. And we did. We sat I there. I mean, it was great. He's like paying for his own ticket out <laughs> he there. Paid, paid, he paid for every everything. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, first of all, I, the, the, the main reason I don't read a lot of Hydro's uh, super chats is just because there's too many of them. And oh. I, I try to read a bunch of different ones. Uh, but I also have no problem reading super chats from people who don't like me. I think that's kind of the point, too. But I do think it's just like this one was particularly good. Like, I don't have a GED or whatever. I'm literally complaining about school saying stop going. Like The multi-millionaire who doesn't have a GED. I mean, Tim cries but, himself but to sleep about it. His life I'm, is in ruins. It's, it's, not, it's not that. I'm just begging people to stop going to school. And it's like, haha, you wish you did. And I'm like, I genuinely want the school system to be destroyed. <laughs> That's why I like that one. Because I have such a hard on for hating institutionalized learning facilities that one really i got really, my ged went in the military I'm like a dumb dumb ged what does it even mean like yeah. dude good enough look, diploma it, it's but it's not <laughs> even it look I, I i don't know i don't know where i learned this or how i learned this but if you can convince someone you don't need anything you know you can you can walk into any venue you want meet any celebrity you want so long as you know how to speak words it's that's all you need and so i'm like what is this piece of paper going to get me that i can't just say so you know you know what i did you want know how easy it is I went to college for one month at a community college, and then I checked off on every job application, some college. They never asked for a diploma again. No. Mm -mm. Didn't need it. No. All right. Let's, re let's read some more. Daniel Caldwell says, hey, crew, I'm a logistics coordinator guy in Pittsburgh. I've been site manager for seven Super Bowl halftime shows and best boy for local rigging crews in the Berg. May I be of assistance for your, uh, uh, in your upcoming visit? I'd love to help. The, the answer is yes, but... Uh, I don't do the coordination for the uh, live events. We have a live event coordinator. And then it's going to be like we're months, we're a month, maybe two months out from like which venue it's going to be and then which production company we're going to use. And so it's hard to just take a super chat and be like, we'd love to have you because we don't even know what we're doing. And then it's like what's likely going to happen is that one guy will say, here's the next guy. And the next guy says, here's the next guy. And then it all like falls down like, you know, dominoes. All right, we'll grab one more, one more super chat. For some reason, super chats just aren't loading. I don't oh, know weird. why. Yeah, 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 I see too. that. Yep. All right. Matt Kinder says, today is my birthday. I watch Timcast every single night. I love the show and I love what you're doing for the culture. Keep up the good work. Happy birthday. Happy Matt birthday. Matt Happy Kinder? Birthday. Yeah. Yep. Happy birthday, Matt. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Matt. Last one. Waffle Sensei says, Josh, why should I vote for a libertarian when it will not result in a libertarian president? It will help Democrats win. Voting for Trump saves him from false imprisonment and stands up for the principles of liberty itself. I love these questions. These are my favorite questions. Yeah, nice they ask me every single day. First of all, um, I don't care about your your candidate. Honest to God, I've lived through Reagan, uh, Bush, Clinton, Trump, Biden, and my life has never been enriched by a president. Not once. Not one time has they have they ever made my life better. They never made my family's life better. And like I said earlier in the show. Every single piece of bad legislation that's ever gotten through the House and the executive branch has had bipartisan support. 
every single time. And I don't care. I don't care about your candidates anymore, truthfully. But the the, the other thing too is like is like we your candidate it doesn't deserve the votes. They have to earn the votes. That's literally what politics is. And here's the best part about this voting for a libertarian, especially if you can waste your vote because libertarian candidates not going to win presidency in 2024. That's just insane. If somebody's telling you they are they're they're a liar. But yeah, with that attitude. Well, <laughs> crazier things have happened i'm sure but um you know if you were to get us that percentage that makes us a national major political party now you have another party swimming around in the water that actually makes your candidates have to start uh governing the way that they campaign and that's a really important thing right is like we've been lied to repeatedly in these campaigns these high dollar campaigns while they're stuffing their pockets and doing all this bad stuff and sending all your tax money around all these different countries 200 countries every year right they never govern the way that they campaign but if you got the 40 year old blue collar working class guy that puts his boots on every morning now coming for your long held position of power, well, you might have to start doing the things you said you were going to do. And so it, it's just a challenge to the system, man. Competition. Like, really. Yeah, absolutely. Political competition. If you believe in the free market, which I like to call the consumer driven market, you know that uh, 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 competition breeds innovation and breeds but success. The argument is typically if you're in a blue state and you know it's going Democrat then you can help the libertarians get a higher percentage and increase their competition. Or you can always vote libertarian locally. It's not always just about president. Yeah, there's a lot of local candidates that are really good. And, and that's what we, need. we win local. Can we win a lot. People think that we don't win any races. We win, you know, two at least 200 uh, an election cycle of mayors and city councils and all kinds of stuff. So. All right, everybody, smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Share the show with your friends. Head over to TimCast.com. The members-only uncensored show will be starting in a couple minutes. You don't want to miss it. It's fun. It's not family-friendly. It'll be a little spicy. And you can follow the show at TimCastIRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast everywhere. Joshua, do you want to shout anything out? Yeah, absolutely. Go follow my show, too. Break the Cycle with Joshua Smith. It's right here on YouTube. You can find it at uh, uh, YouTube.com backslash Fight the Despots. And, of course, the campaign website's JoshuaSmith2024.com. You can find all my info there. Donate to the campaign. Become a volunteer. All the good things that we need. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Joshua at Large. That's awesome. It's been so fun having you here. Yeah, I'm you. Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. You should follow at TimCast News on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow me personally, I'm on Instagram at HannahClaire.B <clears throat> and I'm on Twitter at HC Brimlow. Guys, thank you so much. And of course, Ian. Tonight is the night. You're going to subscribe to me on YouTube. It happened. I'm fully monetized. Tomorrow is one of my most exciting interviews I've ever had. It's at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with James Tour, one of the leading graphene scientists on Earth at Rice University. They're doing flash jewel creation of graphene and hydrogen for fuel. This interview is going to be incredible. The guy's brilliant, and I want to see you there. Come join me at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at Ian Crossland on YouTube, and I'll catch you there. And I am Surge.com. I enjoyed today's show. Pleasure seeing. You. I guess. I guess meeting you for the first time. Meeting for the yeah, first time. Yeah, I follow you on Twitter, man. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm that's fan. right. That's I'm what you said. Fan. Anyways, guys, follow me on Twitter too uh, at Surge.com. We'll see you all over at TimCast.com in about a minute. Thanks for hanging out. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.